Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. How you doing? I'm the Crown Prince, Tax Williams. <laughs> the Crown Prince. Is that your new gimmick for today? Yeah. <laughs> for this particular show? Oh, yeah. So today, we are doing WWE's Super Showdown from Saudi Arabia. But before we get started, you've had an interesting few days. I've returned to the wrestling ring. We literally haven't spoken about it, just to make sure we captured this on the pod. So how did it go? Well, I left Canterbury at half past 11, and I arrived in Birmingham at just after five o'clock, <laughs> due to the M25 being a pain in the ass. Just about right, yeah. But What no. should be like a three-hour journey, so yep. six hours. Yep, perfect. Yep. Perfect. Um, so I uh, got there, got my gear on, obviously. Um, for the first time in my wrestling career, I went shirtless. Well played. Yeah. Props. Cheers, MFH Fitness, for making me look less <laughs> of a melted pudding. The one thing I said to you during the week, so like, the reasons I can't be a pro wrestler. A, taking my shirt off in public. <laughs> B, wearing spandex. So well done. Like I fully appreciate there's like that boundary you need to get past you know went straight in um uh, plans what uh, my original plans had changed so i decided that i wanted to be the first person to be eliminated okay so obviously i did all my pomp and all and then spent most of the battle royal going back to commentary and then trying to get back in the ring get back in the rumble and getting eliminated again <laughs> oh really <laughs> absolutely brilliant Amazing. which is now what i'm going to do now in every single rumble i enter if i'm eliminated i'm not eliminated until the very very oh, end oh that's hilarious doing the swimming thing on the rope with the referee pulling my legs back out of the <laughs> ring trying to get in how did that conversation with the booker go that like, you're to do this or was he suggested to you or um i i basically said you need to interact with the fans i was like this is how i'm gonna do it oh amazing but cool, in, cool. In, in fairness you know the uh, wrestling four was the promotion that i was working for on friday and yeah. we raised over a thousand pounds for click sergeant which uh deals with sort of providing support and finance to young people with cancer it's a phenomenal charity um fair play to um the elliot jordan experience who is essentially my doppelganger or i'm his <laughs> doppelganger because okay. throughout the entire pre-show media's case of and elliot jordan no where's elliot <laughs> Okay, um, cool, cool. Um, 2K, who he was wrestling, basically grabbed the microphone. Again, complete shoot. Grabbed the charity bucket and said, if you pay a pound, you can chop Elliot Jordan. <laughs> Made over 50 quid there. <laughs> and then in the crowd. Perfect. That's absolutely ran. Yeah. Standing room only. I saw a couple of photos like from your perspective. Yeah. You it looked great, man. It looked like a really fun indie British atmosphere. You know? Really, really fun show. Pun intended. The unofficial fake tag team champions with, they claim to be toy belts. They're real toy belts. Inducted themselves into the Hall of Fame. Oh, nice. <laughs> Excellent. Lit and again, the promoter did not know this was happening, so it's <laughs> even more fun. Did, did this get recorded, this show? Yeah, it's all going to be on Turnbuckle TV with my commentary of my uh, my new commentary buddy, uh, Sunny G. Perfect, man. Um, brilliant chemistry. Great, again, working with someone in commentary who I didn't know. It was a yeah. really nice uh, really nice test, but we had a good time. I taught Sunny the importance of commentating on the raffle. <laughs> It's the best bit about Brit, Brit rest, isn't it? 16 prizes is too many for a raffle, though, at Brit rest. Let's if you watch this, have you never been part of a raffle, <laughs> raffle at a British independent show? Just go to any all-star show, like any British independent show, and yeah, take part in the raffle. It's the best bit. Even though it was getting to the main event, I think poor Sonny realised um, what he was letting himself in for commentating me when uh, Pastor Cameron walked to chat with a Hulk Hogan t-shirt, and I said, oh, there's a Hulk Hogan fan. Must be a racist. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I look forward to seeing it, man. But yeah, so no, it's it really good. But you know, Whilst I was wrestling in Birmingham, well, how's Owen really on Friday? <laughs> WWE were in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> that, that connection, that link was fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No professionals. So professional. <laughs> right. So as you said, we are doing the WWE um, Saudi show, the Super Showdown. Amazingly, or... we didn't get to call it the greatest Royal Rumble or the <laughs> crown jewel. We decided, And in the entire build up up to this show, WWE... I don't think mentioned the country once. Oh, okay. Just nice. 
on the Friday at Super Showdown and occasionally Super Showdown. Oh, for God's sake, yeah. So the WWE Super Showdown, or how they've been presenting it, is WWE Super Showdown, because the showdown <laughs> yeah. is one word, but S and D is showdown. Have both got capitals? You're like, oh, the grammar Nazi in me is getting angry, because that's just the worst ever. The person who created that graphic is the same person who created the 24-7 tile. Oh, it's just it's just terrible. Like, the worst thing to start. Just taking it showdown. So uh, I'm, I'm now calling this, because the D shouldn't be a capital, right? So this is WWE SS. <laughs> so I'm now calling it. That would never trend worldwide, number one on Twitter. <laughs> Hulk Hogan loves it, to be fair. So it's all good, right? And so I thought, like, as we were talking about doing the show we're actually going to do next week now, yeah. which is going to be the Crockett Cup from the NWA, which I'm really looking forward to doing next week. But I saw all the shit coming through from this show on social media. I didn't watch it in the first place. Like, fuck watching this bollocks. I was actually kind of protest not watching it because I, I completely disagree with the whole Saudi thing. But... um. Well, completely. There's, there's the discussion to be had about this. But I saw it. I was like, we have to do it, don't we? <laughs> like, we have to do this show. The thing where I saw the uh, the junk hammer by Goldberg, because it oh, was, certainly wasn't a okay. jackhammer. As soon as I saw that and him spike taker, I was like, this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely for me. So I started thinking about how we could start the pod. And like, we should really look at this as like a wrestling show, right? And so we shouldn't really mention consulates, human rights, blood money, journalists, xenophobia, sexual equality, political murder, you know, those sorts of things. We shouldn't mention those. So it's really good that one of those things you mentioned just so I posted that we're live on Twitter. I went, we're live, post a link and I went, wrote hashtag blood money. <laughs> I mean, okay. Now, I'm going to be very unpopular during a lot of this podcast. So, again, I am going to be playing the devil's advocate role for a lot of this because, well, first of all, I think we're going to fall out about some of these opinions. So it's going to be good for uh, good audio, good video. It'll be fine. Okay. But take away all of the shit that surrounds the human rights issues of going to Dublin. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's what I'm saying. We shouldn't talk about all those horrific things. (laughs) But we will because it's good for Oh, I've already mentioned most of it. (laughs) the the layout of the show and yeah. seeing the young people the young kids really really into the show being really really excited by it yeah. i i sit there and think to myself because your history of your country and you, your human rights have not evolved with the rest of the world you shouldn't be punished so you should be able to watch low level low rate <laughs> wrestling basically the main event for this show was fucking brit rest the two veterans who won't let go wrestling in the back of a fucking mm. supermarket okay. still going you can can you still give me up can you still lift me up yeah brother i can lift you up <laughs> why are we speaking definitely. in american accents we're from fucking croydon <laughs> <laughs> i totally get that yeah it's, it's um I, the, the, the whole principle of like spreading something like pro wrestling WWE into another area like, i'm okay with the problem is the way it gets so much attention because of the money they receive from it almost it's booked as like a separate thing almost like an iconic event yeah. like they're constantly going about how this is on the caliber of wrestlemania or and stuff. better yeah <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous main event was better here than it was real mania yeah i know it's <laughs> terrible well when they keep mentioning wrestlemania my first thought every time is so seven hours <laughs> i don't want to watch seven hours again well with the pre-show you were close yeah pretty much it was what about five hours five the pre-show? hours yeah so four hours, just under four hours for the main card. That's because Goldberg and Taker couldn't stretch their 25-minute <laughs> epic they were supposed to. <laughs> Fucking hell, they couldn't. So, I mean, 
So we've got WWE's Super House Show, I mean Showdown, 2019, live from Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. Work, work light, boys. <laughs> the first thing I came to conclusion was, that, oh, not Jeddah, like the VW. Because <laughs> what I thought they kept saying, because of dumb American accents, you know. That, that, hello, our American How listeners. you doing? <laughs> nice to see you. So, I mean, pre-show. Did you watch any of it? Um, I saw highlights of Usos and the revival okay. at this stage. I was Fine. like, why, why just put this on the main card? Actually, no, don't put this on the main card. Book this. Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say book this. I know what's going to happen. For the next seven weeks, <laughs> it's going to be the same fucking thing on Raw, SmackDown, and Stomping Ground, where it seems that for in the entire commentary when they're trying to promote their other event, they've Vince McMahon's learned the phrase kick ass and take names right because they said that about 50 times throughout this whole bloody broadcast i didn't notice but okay if you say so i was trying to block out most of the commentary to be honest i find michael cole's voice incredibly annoying after not experiencing WWE for a while because i just haven't watched any you come back to and you're like oh why won't you shut the fuck up why can't you well i was gonna say why don't you hire kevin kelly no don't leave him leave him be Leave, leave him to be what do the good stuff you know how we were talking about the whole wcw comparison to like the 2000 2001 WCW and WWE now. Yeah. Right. So WCW had Bobby Heenan employed. Yeah. They didn't fucking use him. WWE have Mahoro Ronaldo. And they don't use him on like the big shows. They use him for NXT. You're like, he makes NXT amazing. Without if him, was, NXT would be pointless. If he was calling this shit, like, it would be reasonable. Goldberg dropping take-up. <laughs> Mamma mia! Exactly! Can I go on Brock's jet home? But he's so good at putting stuff over. Yeah. Like, why? Why? Just this whole bullshit bullying scenario they had before. You know what I mean? With JBL yeah. and Morrow and all that sort of crap that kind of came out. Like, oh, it's just so dumb to me. But anyway. Well, then, again, I suppose what also helps is for Mauro Ronaldo, he doesn't have to have lines fed to him. Because, again, in the main event, we had Michael Cole about four times going... He is easily the best, like, pure striker. I really can't get over he's the best pure striker. All right, Vince, we fucking get it. Yeah. You love The Undertaker, and he's not the best pure striker because Ali Black's kicking around at home. There's, there's times during the show where Michael Cole is talking and you can almost hear Vincent Mann in his head, re- yeah. like, speaking through Michael Cole. You, know? you can hear a slight change in his voice sometimes. He goes, he is the best pure striker. It's yeah. What you fucking wanted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, the pre-show is... is kind of crap i'm gonna be honest well um, look who's on your panel i mean how does david otunga still have a job well i think he flew to saudi to avoid the lo- the uh, divorce settlement with jennifer Hudson. This, this was blatantly in connecticut by the way but i know what you're getting <laughs> yeah. at like this well state- that's why he's there he's hiding oh can you come to this divorce meeting oh i'm in Jeddah. are <laughs> you sure dude the state of this pre-show they've got a desk right so what's the girl's name is it charlie caruso charlie, i think you find it's oh charlie caruso <laughs> okay. so charlie caruso is on the desk that they're, they're filming from david otonga's on the desk with his laptop and his suit that doesn't fucking fit him right then there's like a little gap and a dip down and then beth phoenix has to be on this side by herself on like a separate podium that's basically like, like charlie you're pretty little beth you're is, pretty big this is the wwe dude they've got so much money they can't go out and buy a fucking desk that all three of them could fit on well you know they they could they can afford it now they definitely can afford it now <laughs> they need billions on this fucking show so oh, whatever but um uh, well, I, I, in fairness, uh, let, you know Charlie Caruso. We haven't mentioned her before on pods. She's yeah. actually very good. 
She's not bad. She, from a presenter role. I think. I've barely seen her work before. This is probably one yeah. of the first things I've ever sat through and actually watched. I didn't watch the whole pre-show. I just That 10-second skip button was coming in handy like, you know, <laughs> throughout yeah. the vast majority of the show. But, <laughs> but she's very good. Beth Phoenix, now on commentary on NXT, doing mm. a good job replacing Percy Watson, who I believe has gone off to do acting. Dude, come on. No, no, I'm well, not I, having that. I didn't say she's good. I said she's doing a good job replacing Percy Her Watson. Her voice is so annoying. Like, I love Beth Phoenix as a wrestler, right? She's not a commentator. Anyone who has this infliction where they go up all the time, it's just like, oh, stop fucking talking. It drives me fucking crazy. Things I'm going to do on commentary on the next show. <laughs> <laughs> she has this weird infliction, like in- inflection, sorry, yeah. where it's like Canadian kind of like, ring, 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 every time she talks. It's like a bike revving. Crazy frog. <laughs> really is. Like, Otunga's fucking dumb as shit, but... At least he's got a tone of voice that you can stomach, you More know? monotone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Inoffensive, like Radio 4 shipping broadcast. Yeah, for sure. But Charlie Cristo is fine. Yeah, she's a good job yeah. presenting. She seems excited. Like, tonally, her voice is easy to listen to, you know? She's not bad to look at either. That's yeah. hurt them product, you know? I guess the same with her tongue if you're a female fan or, like, a gay fan or whatever, you know? Like, he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, he does all right. A shame he can't fucking talk or say anything of any worth of any analysis, well, you know? Well, good thing he was great in the... Re- Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, they're in a shitty looking studio, probably in Connecticut somewhere. Beth isn't allowed to be at the main table, as we've said. Well, it's Saudi um, Arabia. Yeah, they eventually, yeah, exactly. They eventually cut to Graves, Cole, and Renee are looking bored as fuck at ringside. And there's literally a five second delay where it cuts to them and they're going, Oh, we're meant to smile. And here's the introduction of fucking Cole starts talking. You know, like, this is how we're going to start the show. Really? We haven't got this timed thing down. Like, I know there is Saudi Arabia. It's a lot to ask. And a four or five second delay is not much. But this is the WWE, dude. Yeah, I mean, 5G now. Come on. Yeah. They should be faster than this. Yeah. You know, they should be on the ball at least. I think it's them basically ribbing. I'm <laughs> just sitting there going, we've got to do talking for five <laughs> flipping hours. <laughs> oh, hi, David Otunga. And Renee's probably sitting there going, I've got to wear long sleeves and it's flipping roasting down here. She looks looks like she's wearing like a woolly shiny jumper almost. Yeah. And like she's, she's generally putting a brave face on this whole situation and yeah. doing a really good job. Well, she was there for the previous Super sh- uh, She was there for Crown Jewel doing yeah. commentary. Mm-hmm. And again, she was basically all in black for Crown Jewel. Yeah. Now she was there get- for the Greatest Royal Rumble as well, wasn't she? No, she didn't do commentary no? there. I think okay. she flew out with Ambrose. Right. And also, fair play, because again, if internet rumours and pictures, well, no, I say internet rumours, pictures, there's pictures of the flights of people to post, wrestlers post and stuff on social media, and you had Natalia and Alexa Bliss on the plane with, yeah. the, with the premise that they were allegedly going to be allowed to have their match. But here's my first devil's advocate point here. Hold on, let's just get oh. through the pre-show quickly, just to finish this off. So, basically, Cole welcomes us and goes, the uh, King uh, Abdullah Sports City Stadium in Jair. He doesn't seem to know the name of the stadium. He gets it wrong five times during the show, at least. The Jerry the King Lauder Stadium. <laughs> Pretty much We've got similar views. And, um, the basically, uh, we'll talk about the Grey and the Camerons, but basically we get the Usos versus the Revival. Um, it's a really shitty match. They do loads of super kicks and the Usos win. Solid pre-opener, but it's it's just, is what it is. Day one is H. Go on. What were you going to say? I was going to say, so obviously having uh, the two women fly over with the chance of having the first all-female match in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I have a theory of this, the devil's advocate theory, whether or not I agree with this theory or not. Go on. You're the crown prince. And you're supposed to be pushing through these amazing reforms. Mm. How does it look to your followers of your kingdom if the big corporate American comes over and says, change your laws now, put our women in, change your laws, our women, our women, change your laws. And the crown prince case of, 
the Saudi Amer- the Saudi Arabian people would probably sit there and go, "You're bowing to the Americans and doing what the Americans ask you to do." Right. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. So even if the Crown Prince may want to have the women wrestle, having WWE sort of will bring these women just in case. It's like it's presumptuous that they get to work. Wasn't there a, a Sasha Banks? Uh, that was in uh, UAE. UAE, okay. Yeah. So there was a match where they were kind of covered up and stuff, wasn't Yeah, it? but not in Saudi Arabia. Okay, so do you know if there's any kind of women's sport in Saudi Arabia at all? I'm unaware of it. Yeah, this is something we probably should have looked at. Considering that only recently women have been allowed to drive, which is probably the yeah. reason why they bought Natalia and Alexa Briss to <laughs> be their chauffeurs. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but it, I don't know what context it all kind of based based in, you know what I mean? Whether there is women's sport that's broadcast and such yeah. out there, I don't know at all. But the whole situation just felt a bit weird. Like, why yeah. are we? Why is it all last minute? Well, they they obviously did their tours of the children's hospitals, which again, from a WWE standpoint, is great PR and everyone's included and everyone's mm. welcome and the new generation what, in Saudi. Yeah, okay. So they went to the children's hospital and that was good. And you noticed sometimes during this show when they promoted Stomping Ground, they started promoting like. Bailey Alexa Bliss and Lacey Evans versus Becky Lynch. The crowd cheered because obviously this is up on the Tron. They got some big pops, yeah. Unless canned. Uh, it could be, yeah. Because obviously, knows. unsurprisingly, didn't watch it live. Busy. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think, you know, it's a good idea, but obviously WWE aren't doing this for women's rights. They're doing it for look at what great media we've got, like they did when Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss wrestled. We were responsible for the first women's sport to take part in blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because Vince McMahon doesn't want to do this going, I really want two women just to wrestle so the young women in Saudi Arabia realise there's a chance in their future. No, he wants to be on flipping like New York yeah, Times. It's, it's, it's to do with press and such, and it's obviously... It's, they've got so much bad press sur- surrounding these Saudi shows and going out there and the money they make from it and everything is very blood money. So to, to be able to go, oh, but look what we did. Yeah. You know, it's obviously what they're aiming for, but they didn't achieve it. So It's interesting, <laughs> though, that no one kicked off at the Greatest Royal Rumble. What do you mean? People, there wasn't as much hate for the Saudi show for the Greatest Royal Rumble. There was there were some smatterings of, I don't like the human rights violations, I'm not going to do it but it had more views on the network than any of the other Saudi shows. The Crown Jewel, right. weeks before that is when the uh, the journalist was miraculously disappeared and definitely not cut up into pieces and removed in backpacks. Definitely wasn't, yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Hang on, I've gone the wrong way. Definitely haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm as at this point. Um, but it's amazing now well, that... When it's world news, you know, I don't think we have to cover our traces anymore. <laughs> no, but the, the thing is that, you know, sometimes I think like it's internet jump on police Mm. okay you know yes their cultures are very much behind as we've already touched on but fucking internet thought police oh they shouldn't go they should never go hang on didn't you watch greatest royal rumble didn't you tweet about it It was going to be really good to watch a show at five o'clock in the evening at uk time just Mm. so you could watch a greatest royal rumble oh it's different now you're making me be all like serious about it now in the I didn't watch it because I don't like the human rights violations. Yeah. I don't like WWE profiting from all that and all that sort of thing, which essentially they are. But now, because we're doing a podcast about it, I'm being all fucking shitting on my own thought process. Oh, no. you know? <laughs> I'm now publicizing it and exploiting this thing in your, by your words. No, but then if you think from a WWE standpoint, if they mm. turned around and said, okay, we're going to come and do this show in Jeddah, but yeah. we're going to donate after our costs, we're going to donate all proceeds to women's charities or but something they didn't. like that. No, but had they done that, do you but think... they didn't. Pe- oh, no, they didn't, because Vince McMahon's a fucking... Well, again, 
answer so why what you bring that up? No, I'm just... Hypothetical. It's, it's well, not no, what's that, happened. That's the whole idea. That's, I'm right. not saying what happened. I'm saying hypothetically, if they were to say, we're going to go and do these shows in Saudi Arabia, we're then going to donate our profits to X charity, do you think yeah. the internet would kick, would kick off less if they were to do that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't. That's why it was a hypothetical question. <laughs> this is why I said we we're going to fall out. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, no, but no, it's no. a fucking hypothetical question. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about it, though. And like they're, they're they're profiteering scumbags. Oh yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. So I mean, they probably did some good while they're out there. That I'm sure they'll publicise all over their socials and stuff. Yeah, they flew Brock out there by himself and back by himself. That was I very mean, kind of him. So they didn't have to share a plane with him. Talking about them, did they actually? <laughs> like on a separate jet? Yeah. What the fuck? And he left early. He didn't it's leave before. Madness. He left before the end of the show. Fucking Brock. Uh, uh, uh. Anyway, let's get on to the main card. So we get this massive aerial shot in the introduction, and it shows large areas of empty seats or no seats at all. Yep. They seem to have a big problem selling this out. Ah, uh, no. This has always been the layout of all these Saudi shows. So originally, right. for the first two shows, they've had the royal family around the wing in the armchairs. Yep. which they didn't have this year. And this is the first show they've had the fans at ringside. Well, they had them on the other side. Shush. <laughs> on the side of the hard cam, you had all Saudi kind of Arab elite, or whatever. But they've they've always had these these empty sections because that that's the um the paths of transit. Because again, currently under the existing rules, yeah. men can men can watch the sport, women and children can watch the sport, but they're not supposed to cross. Oh. So again, the picture you post online of cross. The, what do you mean cross? For example, it can't be a case of men, 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 men. Oh, we can't accidentally intermingle in this section with the ladies. So because they... there's loads of that. Yeah. There's women sitting in the crowd and stuff. They show it like multiple times. Yeah. And then, as you posted, then they are somewhat removed. One person was. Yeah. There was, there was many shots where they would go into so, the crowd. There would be, be one woman sitting there. They're allowed to be with dudes. their keeper. Right. Sorry, husband. <laughs> okay. So the the rules and well sorry the rules as I looked into is that women yeah. and children sit together, right? Husband and wife sit together, but if you're a single woman, you cannot sit in with the men and right. you cannot mix with. So is the that men. what I saw immediately? I mean, we haven't got there yet, but fuck yep. it, go on. <laughs> so obviously you saw and you posted on social media that yeah. um, there was a female fan who was being dragged away quite aggressively by the big burly bouncer. Well, before the Seth and. Baza Corbs. Baron Corbin match. Literally, as they're doing the introductions, security kind of swarm across behind the camera. And you're like, what the fuck's happening? Like, my instinct was like, oh my God, someone's trying to cause some shit. Yeah. Or someone's like attacked someone or something crazy's happened, you know? None of these people are but, journalists. <laughs> fair point. <laughs> but they then kind of carry on the cutaway. But then as they cut back to like, I think it's Seth in the ring, you can literally see a woman being dragged out right around this... her waist isn't it yeah and she's like kicking and screaming and stuff for some burly fucking hench dude just doesn't give a fuck just drags her out of the audience you're like um what the fuck did i just see it looks like a fucking kidnapping or something like it's horrific <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> you say you mean standard friday night in Jeddah? <laughs> oh it feels like it you know i don't know but but then you know the explanation for that could be a case of a single woman keen wrestling fan wants to get close it's to the action what it is yeah yeah but again it's not right. She should be allowed to get killed out of the action. Absolutely, man. It's, it's such a, a weird way to yeah. start the show before any wrestling's really kicked off on the main card. This is immediately the first thing I saw. Great advert. And people don't seem to be fucking talking about it. 
Like I, I Google, Google this, I listen to Twitter and all sorts and stuff, and people don't seem to be pointing out this moment at all. They're more interested in like taking being dropped on his head. And I'm like, there's some serious shit going on here. Yeah, and again, this goes back to what we started off with the internet thought police. No yeah. one gives a shit about the real issue, but oh, they shouldn't go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Goldberg dropped Untaker on his head. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, there's a woman being physically removed from the crowd for some reason, and you don't care. It's weird, isn't it? So, uh, first up, we've got a Universal Championship match of Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Seth Rollins is obviously our champion. Uh, Seth gets a decent pop at the beginning. Um, they, they talk about the whole Seth Brock situation. Like, how do you feel about the whole Brock not cashing in regularly? Because I listen to Brian Alvarez quite often, and he is fucking furious <laughs> about the teasers. I love the fact when they did like a little skit in ring with Heyman, and Heyman's like, we don't have to cash in for 12 months, and Brock looks and going, what? I've got 12 months. It's like, <laughs> you don't know the rules. That's brilliant because you don't give a shit so you don't know what it is. Okay, obviously I don't watch the product. So. Um, I think it's helping Brock Lesnar become important. Okay. Uh, a useful part of the show because when he's champion, never there, no one gives a shit. He seems to be around a bit more now he's not the champ. That's because he basically said to Dana, yeah, I'm retired. And I'm, oh, Vince has given me all this money. I wonder where he got that money from. Well, it's that really interesting situation where every time kind of Lesnar's contract would come up, it would seem that he would go, all right, I'll go to the UFC then. And I, you know, he'd go across and pretend to kind of do the UFC and did some, obviously, in the last couple of times. But then we kind of come back to WWE and go, so um, I need more money if you want me to stay here. Like, I'm going to, I could go to the UFC. And like, it feels like this time they called his bluff, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> like, he went across and like straight after that event to Dana and like got photos taken and everything. And then Triple H and Vince went, okay, then go on then, old man. <laughs> Your diverticulitis, go join the UFC. And he went, Oh, <laughs> and announced his permanent retirement from the UFC or whatever, and then kind of crawling back and has to do all these dates. Yeah. That's what it feels like for, it's happened for millions of dollars. Oh a date. no, what a shame! He's, he's he's really played them <laughs> for sure. So um, there's almost no reaction for Baron Corbin at all from the Saudi crowd. They don't give a fuck. What do uh, you make of his uh, current ring attire? I mean, this is this is one of the notes I have. So it's um, Corbin has black jeans, black shirt black waistcoat and a little white symbol just above his crotch and like what happened to his gimmick what the uh the the like, like the lone wolf yeah well he's became... fairly interesting like a horrible nasty heel and now he's just mediocre bollocks uh he became the corporate stooge yeah what a weird gimmick for this guy to adopt almost in fairness though it's got him over has it because i see a lot of people talking about how like this is go away heat like they turn off the telly when Vin- well, Corbin, Vince, whatever. Corbin comes on. To, to be fair, WWE products go away here at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> people are turned off in their droves. Is it really that bad? Like, I'm trying to... Be, I went into this show trying to be positive. It's dog shit. About two hours in, I was like, I think we peaked about 20 minutes ago, boys. <laughs> like, I'm struggling. I think we peaked 20 years ago. <laughs> well, yeah. So let's quickly whip through this match. So uh, Grave intros the Saudi announced team sitting next to him in the English <laughs> team and immediately shit all over Renee sitting at ringside. And you're like... Oh my lord! What the fuck did he just say? Like someone's gonna fuck up our names, but like Renee definitely got them all wrong. No, like, no, no, oh, that was the other you. way round. He said, was. "No, he said like oh, we we're expecting Renee to butcher it, but you know, didn't expect Graves to do it." I think that's what he meant to say. He actually said it the other. Oh, did he? Yeah, he goes. I expected Graves to get the names wrong, but then Renee definitely did. Oh sure, I'm pretty yeah. because I think they, she took the piss out of Graves afterwards. Either way, I, I, that's exactly because I think that's what she heard is what they're meant to say. He actually said the names the wrong way around. On, it doesn't on, matter. On the plus point, <laughs> yeah. fair play, they're right. 
Yeah, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. I, I heard would, it wrong. So I would I was... have rather had the Saudi commentary team for this. <laughs> <laughs> they looked enthusiastic, but anyway, so it's all good. So during the intros, uh, security crawl, blah blah blah. Woman takes out of us, taken out of her seat. Uh, as Corbin, yeah, walks Natalia, over, uh, get out. <laughs> as, as Corbin wa- works over Seth Ribs and most of the match, um, I noticed that only the hard cam looks too dark. Have you noticed this? No. So uh, I'm a video producer, obviously, for a living, and as soon as they cut to that hard cam, even in the pre-show, I was like, oh doesn't look right to me so all the other cameras are set up really nicely but the hard cam is like it's got like a dark grade on it almost that makes it quite hard to see detail and such. Oh, okay. i don't know what happened i think it's just the fact that they've got this new sharp and it's in saudi Arabia and they've had yeah. to rush all the gear across and everything i'm sure this didn't bother anyone else in existence but for me i expect we production to be perfect uh, it just it wasn't it was just not quite as good as i wanted it to be as a side note on production as we're talking about sort of the WWE product at the moment. Yeah. Did you see what they did for a couple of the third hours of Raw for a couple of weeks after they introduced twenty four seven title? No. They dimmed all the lights down to like old Attitude Era and like NXT, where they take they turn the, only the lights on the ring and it's dark all the way around the outside to try and give it a bit more of a rough edge. Right. And they were like Mick Foley on his interviews like this is supposed to make it a bit more edgy because it's the ten o'clock hour and that lasted two weeks. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, don't do it just part way for a show. So. One of the things I love about indie wrestling is watching the crowd. Okay, so they're always lit terribly. Yeah. So it's always just everything is just lit up. There's no lighting really for indie shows, right? So when you like you watch a Shakara show, for example, and half the inter- interesting stuff is watching the wrestlers in the crowd and the reactions and the the back and forth and such. Okay, you obviously can't do that as so much in this grand scale of things. Yeah, but the reactions from the crowd are what really kind of pop you at home half the time like you kind of go along with the wave of momentum of the crowd building up you think about a kofi dragon yeah. imagine that match at wrestlemania had dimmed out crowd you couldn't see them jump and stand and react to these amazing emotional things you know? i was really hoping you're gonna say what would you do if you had kofi and dragon at a community center <laughs> <laughs> i basically have yeah, i've never true, seen yeah. kofi but i've seen dragon like in front of 20 people in like portsmouth once it was great it's fucking amazing you still put on the best match like one of the best matches i've ever seen as in just to clarify we're talking american dragon not ultimo yeah, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, whatever. So, um, a woman is shown on camera. See, Vince is changing the world. <laughs> oh, it was Stephanie. After what we talked it about now, I'm just like, <laughs> fucking out. It's like, it's a woman in a hijab or whatever they call them, whatever, just a headscarf thing. And she's sitting there and she's smiling. And I'm like, oh, everything's fine in the world. <laughs> Gun to her head. Don't do it. I've been having a great time. But um, The nachos are delicious. <laughs> while talking about the crowd and stuff there's a guy at ringside who maybe about 30 times during the event is going you can do it just by himself (laughs) you can do it like you've got to give him a bit of props he was annoying as fuck but give him some props for gusto and sticking with it because he tried throughout the whole night to try and get this chant going good lad he's basically like a social media from saudi arabia wwe social (laughs) That's probably it. We've hired this guy. You need to get these crowds going, mate. <laughs> the one thing, yeah. It's fucking great. So, I mean, the crowd are pretty hot for Seth's comeback. Yeah. But Corbin just kind of kills the momentum every time. Classic it's, heel. It's, oh, not in a good way. Yeah, but yeah, but the thing is, people don't like him. And he doesn't shy away from it. He doesn't try and be cool. He doesn't try and do anything. It's He's so boring. I think that's part of the appeal. <laughs> do you really like Corbin? I think I think the character works for what they have in the product at the moment, and it's something different because he's not trying to be, like for example, like Elias. He tries to be witty with his songs. But do you not think like a Bobby Roode or an EC3 or someone would be better suited to this kind of corporate gimmick? I mean, I find Bobby Roode 
irritating and dull. In ring work is fantastic. <laughs> My point? No. Yeah, but Baz Corpse does it better because Bar- because Bobby Roode has a <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no. No way is Baron Corbin better than anyone like that. No, no. Wow. Come on, tags. No. Bobby Roode's got a better entrance music. <laughs> Basically, sign James Storm, so, do beer money, and that'll be fine. I've literally put a note here that says Corbin's gimmick seems to be that he's quite a slow, boring wrestler who says three to the referee a lot. And you're like, I just can't get behind that. Wait till you see what's going to happen on the 23rd of June at Hawkins Community Centre. <laughs> nice. Especially during a rumble. Who's the three? SCPW.co.uk. Come along. It's going to be fun. Uh, so Corman does the boss man around the corner spot where he comes out yeah. the ring and back up. And it's just nowhere near as good as boss man will ever do it. Because he gets cut off immediately. Like, you, that's not the purpose of the spot. What's the point in doing it if we don't get the big offense? But anyway. Uh, Corman argues with the ref. Ref shouts at Corbin. Corbin wanders backwards away from the ref. Seth rolls him up for the one, two, three. And god damn, this is like a house show match oh you didn't mention the referee took a really really innocuous ref bump did he yeah corbin pushed rollins into the referee right rollins basically like almost hit the referee referee goes down Ah. um and then i don't think i was even paying attention (laughs) then gets the roll up and then the whole thing the whole aftermath is like case of the referee's hang on hang on on. no the ref doesn't touch corbin at any point no no rollins gets rollins is pushed into the referee what before the finish yeah and then the referee's down that's not how I remember it. Yeah. The referee gets pushed back into the corner by Corbin. Corbin's in his face. And then the ref pushes back. And then Corbin gets rolled up. And where's my notes? Have I just made this up? There's a chance I could have just made this up. It's all good. Uh, da, 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 da. There might have been a ref bump before it. Uh, according to his uh, introducing challenge leaks, uh, referee John Cohn pulled it away from him. Irate Corbin berates the official who shoved him right into a roll up by Rollins. Mm, I didn't see a shove. <laughs> What's that replay? <laughs> I bet you there's no shove. I'm going to say shove. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let us know if we're wrong. Who gives a fuck? Seth retains. Corbin, <laughs> Corbin just kind of stops going after Seth Ribs, uh, the one good thing that was going in the match. That's the only thing I put. Like, for the first five minutes, uh, he's going after Seth Ribs, and it's a good story, and I thought they were going to work it. And in the last five, ten minutes of the match, they don't even uh, go anywhere near his ribs. But on the plus point, good old private jet racking up his own private air miles rocks up. Well, Brock. Yeah. Uh, so, Brock. I thought maybe Brock was cashing in here, and I was like, "Oh, something interesting, you know? Like, I'll be into this." <laughs> they wouldn't change a title in Jeddah. <sighs> obviously, I, I kind of know a little bit about the whole Brock thing that he hasn't been cashing in. So there was part yeah. of me that was like, "Oh, maybe he's not." Like, I wasn't like, "Oh my God, he's going to cash in!" Like I have been on some of the previous cash-ins because we're in our thirties and we don't really like WWE anymore. <laughs> well, there is that. Oh my God! <laughs> so uh, Heyman trips up over the ropes. Brilliant. Uh, does done. the pratfall thing. It's actually it wasn't bad. Like. His facial expression was solved that perfectly for I, me. I knew this was going to happen because I heard someone talk about it previously oh, okay. to it. And so I was kind of, I, I had him like literally in my notes going, he pratfalls over. And then watched it and going, no, I'm going to delete that. He doesn't <laughs> pratfall. That was quite solid. Like yeah. he did it quite well. Almost believably, you know. So uh, Brock goes to swing a chair, but Seth low blows Brock. Uh, Seth hits Brock with the chair over and over and over again. Rollins is screaming, cash it in, Brock, cash it in. It's quite a cool little moment, yeah. actually. Like, lots of passion. Uh, curb stomp into the briefcase, which I thought was pretty fucking awesome. Really brutal. Like, you see the, the look on uh, Brock's face and his back is all, like, red. His, his elbow. elbow was, like, black and blue, like, all fucked up from the, the chair, chair shot. shot was fucking brutal. And I can guarantee you this. Rollins probably ran away backstage because he did. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> 
So, Quick, Becky, protect me. These two feel like they could get in some sort of shooty scenario at any point almost because after the WrestleMania stuff where Brock just got angry, beat the fuck out of Seth but then let him pin him. Yeah. You know, it's like after this as well, it's getting a bit like... I want to know about this we're meant to be working boys all, like, the, you know? all the work shoot interviews from Seth leading up to Maine in this case well you know he's killing the company yeah he's killing the company with just having the belt and he's never here he's killing the company doesn't give a shit it's good shit though isn't it <laughs> I like it <laughs> good shit so intercontinental match uh, up next uh, Andrade oh, against I am the demon <laughs> Finn Balor <laughs> um, I mean where to start it's it's I I fucking love Balor, Devitt, whatever. This gimmick thing, fucking hell, this demon, it's dead on its feet, isn't it? Yeah, Dave. The, I mean, we've said this in many pods before that you know Devitt's been killed. Yeah. What they need to do is they want a faction because I noticed they're heading over to Japan and then they've got Gallows and Anderson, AJ Styles, and <gasps> who's finished off the club? Triple H. I saw that, yeah. And I was like... Do you see Tamatonga's tweet? No. He's like, welcome in Triple H to the BC. Too sweet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. But I just thought, if you want to bring up Undisputed Era, just have the proper Bullet Club and just do Bullet Club versus Undisputed Era. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> just do, I'm just trying to entertain myself now this fucking show. Go on. Just do Bullet Club versus Undisputed Era. Just do... Oh, yeah, that'd be funny. Styles, and Balor, and, yeah, and, yeah. and Gallows and Anderson against people can you oh <laughs> i'd really like to see devitt versus adam cole no no one would give a shit about that none of them can tell stories <laughs> do the best works in the world uh, bobby uh, fish with his fantastic mustache oh god talk, talk about annoying voices so um anyway so nozalina vega so um obviously uncompanied andrade um well she was staying at home valley black uh well yeah i mean they're not gonna have her on this show are they because the whole saudi thing um, so I put that when the WWE broadcasts uh, TV in Saudi Arabia, do they just blur out the women? Like, so when they have Raw or SmackDown, do they just blur them out? Yeah, they Christian blue dot it. So, so women's matches are just like two blurry blobs just doing this the whole time in a ring. What they actually do is they just put the Bushwhackers' faces over both of them. <laughs> like, so WWE must be broadcast Saudi Arabia because people knew the, some of the gimmicks and such. They'll, you know? ju- they'll just cut the women's matches out. Did they just completely cut them out? Well, it's like, like they did in India, apparently, when they, they'd always gimmick Carly's the matches Carly's so style. he'd win and go yeah, over yeah. but you like, think about the amount of work it would take to take out every woman in a WWE imagine there's some woman in like a low cut shirt in the front row they're like for fuck's sake every time having to do a blur and Triple H walks past and you're like oh I can see a boob <laughs> you know, it's not blur. the attitude era <laughs> I wish it was oh it's fucking great man so um just imagine if this was La Sombra versus Devitt Oh, Jesus Christ. This would be six stars in the uh, King Riyadh Arena. Fucking A, man. Like In the Jerry Lawler <laughs> Arena. <laughs> they're both amazingly good. Yeah. You can see what they're going for. Like, Devitt has the face paint. He's does a bit more power move stuff, you know. Yeah. He's more resilient. And Andrade is one of the best workers they've got on the card that no one really un- knows about almost, you know. Yeah, hands down. I think the... The story concept here is they always have like, oh, the demon, oh, no one can beat the demon. Yeah. It's a case of, oh, I had to bring out the demon because I couldn't be Andrade without it. And they'll probably go that way going, oh, well, can you beat me without being the demon? Yeah. And then Finn Balor goes, oh, I can't control it. I'm Batman. <laughs> no, no, you're not, Balor. Just fucking leave. Just leave, it's, please. It's the way Vince is obviously backstage kind of going, oh, look at the demon. That'll put the butts in the seats. <laughs> <That's> good <laughs> shit. <laughs> 
But um, I, Andrade, oh, it's just so weird. He's it? he's so good. And again, I don't know if you've seen. <laughs> I can't remember where I saw it, but the the unmasking yeah. when he had to lose his mask, and they showed fo- some someone showed me footage of that, and I thought, oh, oh. CM Double L. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, he's so good. It's an amazing moment. Yeah, when his dad comes in and removes the mask, and he's the most gorgeous looking dude in yeah. Mexico. <laughs> comes on the ropes, is like, oh my fucking god, he's good looking as well. All of the CM Double L fans finally do this going. Oh, <laughs> like the guy we adore that's been the best heel for the last year or two because like you know he's in um, Los Single Bernabas yeah fuck man his heel run his CMWL was so good well as good as it can be with the booking in the CMWL what uh, are you trying to say CRCML hell show <laughs> <in the laughs> guys. so I kind of put a little bit here where I talk about like I can deal with the Bala name like that's a good name Andrade sounds like a fruity cocktail <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. it's not great, they just, is they, it? They just killed him, and this is such a shame because they've started doing this again with some of the more recent indie talent where they've signed. Like Shane Strickland's name has been changed. Yeah, have they just called him La Sombra? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Even like Andre Almas, I'm fine with. Yeah, it sounds like a human being, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like they. Well, we talked a bit about three faces of Foley and how they would have one person with multiple gimmicks, like with Sami yeah. Zayn and Generico. They could potentially do it. You could almost do it with La Sombra as well. Like, think about the amount of fucking merch they would sell with the, the Sombra, Sombra mask. Masks. Yeah. Like, I've tried to buy one recently, but like, you can't really buy them anymore because obviously it's been a while since you wore the mask. The reason why he's not in a prominent position because they fucking resigned Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Had they not resigned Rey Mysterio, they would have used him because obviously those Kalisto marks are fucking flying <laughs> off the shelves, aren't they? <laughs> oh, my- Mum, I've got my pants on. Mum, I've got my mask on. Mum, mum. Like you see, I'm uh, wrestling a racist. No, it's not Hogan. <laughs> you see Sombra coming out without Zelina Vega, and there's definitely something missing. She is a huge part of his gimmick and the character and such. Yeah, definitely. And she's so fucking good at her job as well. Perfect. She she is the ultimate female heel manager, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So what about this gimp entrance for Finn Balor <laughs> with the 20 gimps that will come out and he's on the little little ramp thing and he's like, I'm the demons, look at me, I've got face paint and a wig on. At that point, AEW like, hang on, didn't we just do that at Double or Nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the promo from Super Smash or the Order or Dark Order or whatever they're called? Yeah, it's so good. It is like, player the, um, Uno can seriously cut a fucking promo, man. I mean, how did they get into Saudi Arabia anyway? Yeah, for sure. So uh, DOS needs a new gimmick. Yeah, Stu, whatever his name is, Stu Grayson, like Stu Grayson, yeah, not a good name, Stu Grayson. <laughs> Look at us, work. we're the order, and this is our leader, Stu Grayson. <laughs> it's just like you gotta have something, you know. I was thinking Berserker or Destroyer or something. Gordrak, Fist of Gork. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. something along those lines. You know. Anyway, so um, I mean, one of the things I was thinking about while watching this match because it's probably one of the better matches of the night. Yeah, is either of these guys New Japan AEW bound? Would you reckon? Uh, Battle New Japan. Yeah? Do you think he'll go back at some point? Yeah, and uh, La Sombra will go back to Mexico. I don't think La Sombra will go to Mexico. Well, I think he's probably made all the money he needs. I think he's comfortable in America, though. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. Well, now he's with Charlotte, I suppose, so he's not going anywhere. Let's, let's put that one there. Yeah, the whole Flair connection and everything. You yeah, know. That, was gr- that was great for his career. Yeah. I'm going to get with Charlotte Flair. Oh, <laughs> we can't future endeavor this guy. <laughs> so, I mean, they show... Um, you know, we were talking about seats earlier okay? we went to other things but you know how there's the the big sections yeah there's also in the banked section on the hard cam there's at least four or five big sections just completely blocked out yeah. as well so um they sh- they highlight this a few times and i'm just like it just it feels i don't know how to put it like depressing almost 
seeing I, so many empty seats. I think things so. Did you check what the capacity of this stadium is? Nah, it's a lot though. It's huge. Yeah, like it's we're, like we're, 100 million or something. We're talking you know? like ma- proper mania levels. Yeah. And as you said, if there's not great TV coverage in Saudi Arabia for the WWE product, because let's be honest, it's the Crown Prince who is the fan. Yeah. Whether or not that means he gets to stream it through auspicious means and other people don't get TV. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Crown Prince that? on his VPN getting the WWE Network. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that there's there's enough kind of chance and things that some of these people must see the product occasionally. Yeah, and they're never seen off again. But I, I would wonder how many people that attended this show came from around Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I so think it's local. Other nations that get the show or whatever that have come into Saudi to watch this one oh, show none. live. None. You think? That's all going to be a local crowd. And okay. probably, I mean, if you think about it, there's near sort of 15,000 members of the royal family in Saudi right. Arabia. Okay. So if you think that the entire Saudi Arabian royal family go in, that's right, okay, we've done 10% of our gate. I'm trying to hold back so many inappropriate jokes right now. Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. That's why we're here. Jokes about incest and Game of Thrones and all sorts. and yeah. Are not the views of Tex Williams. Oh, yeah, Game of Thrones. Fun. I haven't watched that. <laughs> it's okay. So the crowd is... What, what this show needed was a lot of tits and dragons. And there were definitely no dragons. <laughs> true, true. There was, uh, yeah. So um, the crowd is silent um, throughout the whole match. They just don't care. It's, they're, they're here to see the big names that they know from the past. That, that's yeah. It, really. Yoko. They don't, yeah. They don't, <laughs> they don't care about the quality of the wrestling, really. No. Until it hits them in the face how bad the older guys are. And they're like, oh, <laughs> this is bad. That demon guy was good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, Balor hits the Suddy Bloody Sunday, which used to be his finish, uh, the inverted DDT thing, yeah. the big one, but only gets a two. And I was like, he's whipped out the Sunday Bloody Sunday and we're kicking out of this. Okay, fair enough. Here's WrestleMania. They do the Kota Ibushi moonsault spot where he misses the first one yeah. and hits another one. Fucking sick. Really, really cool. Andrade Hammerlock DDT spot misses kicks out sorry uh so bala kicks out of it and he goes my finish my finish and you're like oh he's actually putting this this over like he kicked out of a finish like this is rare for wwe or for customs he's like i'm finish i'm finish (laughs) so the story is kind of a mess in this match i'm I'm trying to give it as much thought forethought as i do like new japan and such trying to see what story these two guys are trying to tell and there's fucking nothing it's Balor is a bit more resilient as the demon but then he, he sells like fucking crazy and he's the face so he's most of the match selling because Andrade is yeah. meant to be the heel even though it doesn't come across like a heel at all why do Mexican people have to be booked as heels in fair They're fucking idiots like the Lucha House Party mum mum I've got friends over can they stay over why can't Andrade be a top face I think he will be why isn't he now is the point I'm getting to. He's so good. He can talk. He can work. He's got Zelina Vega. He can tell a story. He's fucking perfect. Because Vince is looking ropey and he's a bit like, I'll just sit this out. I'll, I'll, I'll stay this out. And then when I can get my own creative control or my own voice. Or <laughs> so Vince, I th- really think I'd be beneficial as a positive like Hispanic influence yeah. on the WWE universe. I see what you're saying here. <laughs> Andre. <laughs> That's not my name. Andre. <laughs> You're now, not seven foot five. And like... Now, Ric Flair told me you could be the next Ric Flair. No, no. I'm going out with his daughter. No, uh... no. You're the next Ric Flair. We'll get your robes. That'll be good shit. It's a smart move on his part to hook up with Charlotte Flair. Because at least to get some sort of push this way. Well, yeah, for sure. As soon as it was announced, he was in the fucking red carpet or Hall of um, oh, Hall really? of Fame. And since then, he's been on every SmackDown. Nice. Zelina cool. Vega, not all of them with him. 
I wonder why. That's a shame. That is a shame. So uh, Balor does power moves. Brett Rope's DDT spot was fucking sick. They mm. do the DDT off the second yeah. rope. I love the way they do it because they both jump out and do like a flat, like belly bump almost. Flat bump, yeah. Rather than like like a straight DDT impale thing. So it looks nice and safe, but massively impactful because they, they, they hover in the air for like a minute. Can and you, then they land. You're like, can you fucking- do the reaction of the crowd for this move? <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much that. There you go. Uh, the coup de grace for the one, two, three, and still whatever title he's holding. US is it? Intercontinental champion uh, Finn Balor. I uh, hope for better, but to be honest, uh, it was okay. Some cool high spots. Yeah, probably H- one house, of- sh- house show match. Yeah, after watching this whole show, this is definitely a highlight. Yes, Sec- second best match of the card, and it's two guys having a wrestling match. Yeah, two very very good guys having a wrestling match, but there's nothing else to it. No, it's it's like they don't understand the magic of pro wrestling. Why are they going to blow their good storytelling stuff and a house show <laughs> on two amazing prospects? You mean? Oh, no, no, as everyone's in, watching uh, as, in, big... as in the in ring guys because it's a marquee event bigger than WrestleMania. Oh, attacks. oh silly me! Oh <laughs> nightmare! So battle royal promo videos come up next. Miz is coming across as a heel to me, but then he references the NSYNC, and I'm like, okay, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Jinder said something as well. Um, so <laughs> Roman Reigns versus the best in the world. Shane McMahon. Oh, hang on. <laughs> so, from a person that hasn't watched the product a great deal, I watched the big shows, obviously. Uh, I, Wait, he, he wasn't there? Oh, well, yeah. I'm going by the opening video packages for stories, okay? Yeah. So, as far as I understand it, the story goes, the Roman punched old man Vince McMahon in the face. Boo. Yep. So, right? He'll, he'll move. He punched an old man in the face. Yep. So, Shane then gets revenge on Roman by attacking him. And Roman is the good guy. Yep. Explain. Anyone fucking explain how Roman is the good person here? Because the evil Shane McMahon is a McMahon. <laughs> so shit. Okay, so, but there's there's more. <laughs> this is what I got from this video package. Roman thinks Shane is a spoiled rich kid. If he has problems with punching daddy, do something about it. He fucking did. He attacked you earlier. Kicks out of many spears. Not even Triple H could kick out of spears. And he's your brother-in-law. Fuck this fucking shitty story. Jesus Christ. Oh, in fairness, though, he is the best in the world. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) it's just so fucking dumb. I really feel like this is downhill from here. I think we peaked about 20 minutes ago. Uh, This is it. This is downhill now. This is is on a... Until we get to the Clusterfuck Rumble. Wow, yeah. Not even a Rumble, it's a Battle Sorry, Royale. Sorry, Clusterfuck Royale. Rumbles are entertaining. You know? yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, and um, Shane fucked on a pyro for his entrance. Yeah, man. The pyro at this point gets a little crazy. Like, I don't mind it. It's fun. It's entertaining. It makes a spectacular yeah. spectacle of it all. Uh, Drew McIntyre gets his own entrance as well. Um, we're it's happy bad. for the guy, but... <laughs> Easiest payday ever. Yeah, for sure. Fly to Jeddah. I mean, take everything I said about Finn Balor and... The Sombra, I'm going to call him because Andrade is just the fucking shit his name ever. Applied to Drew McIntyre as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly the same. Um, so, um, huge pyro, as you said. Roman's now deaf, apparently, because he's on the stage doing his thing. It's like, down the side from all these fireworks. He's like, what the fuck? I can't hear a fucking thing. Roman's looking around going, pretty sure that wasn't in the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Drew interferes a bit here and there. Um, did Shane McMahon read a self-help book and take everything literally? Because he just books himself as the best ever, like the greatest thing that has ever existed. I mean, this is why WWE really need to hire someone who suddenly 
points out to the writers and the creative team plot holes in their story because yeah. as we uh, I mean Shane McMahon dominating a match Shane McMahon dominating the top babyface in the company as a plot hole is fucking mental yeah I, and this don't get me wrong you know Shane McMahon is superbly athletic for a man of his age <laughs> great be a gymnast <laughs> okay he's, he's alright Shane works best as a face Shane works best I mean Shane doesn't work but Shane McMahon character is a better as a face than a heel character because everyone's like, you're not Vince. But yeah. Vince can't work because if he goes in the ring, he'll probably die. Yeah. Like, Shane is... <laughs> um, so Shane is a podgy, greying, oh, no, no, he's older not, man. Oh, he's not podgy. Compared to fucking Bobby Lashley, he is. He's... Shane's got fucking abs. Mate. He's chiseled. Doesn't look like it when he's wearing his fucking baseball shirt. In fairness, though, that's so <laughs> shell suit trousers. That was the issue of that goal. That English goalkeeper ended up at the PC. Um, Stuart Tomlinson, who was like a goalkeeper in the non-league, and everyone was like, "Who ate all the pies?" Right. Got signed up for WWE wrestling. <laughs> fucking jacked, really? Yeah, and everyone okay. was like, huh, "Who ate all the pies? Who ate?" Oh fuck you! Oh, this is completely over my head. I have no idea what you're talking I about. I think he wrestled as um something Knox, not Mike Knox. Don't get that wrong. Nice. Uh, my main comment here is just why. This whole match, why? Better than WrestleMania. Don't get it. What's the point? Why top, are we doing this? Top heel versus top babyface in the third match on the card. What's the point? What's the point any of this match? Why are we doing it? Why is Shane doing dominating people as a heel in a, a, in a storyline that makes him out to be a babyface? We can't book heels. It's so bad. Like Even the basic of basic script writers can understand a three-act structure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good guy, bad guy, beginning, middle, end. It's not difficult. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to get over here. Anyway, so I pop every time Roman wanks his wrists. <laughs> Best bit about the show. Every time he does it, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> wanking. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, some people chant CM Punk as Shane teases a coast to coast. Shane teases, uh, sorry, Shane kicks out of a Superman punch off the top rope. <laughs> Still over. Uh, schmozzy bullshit. Drew McIntyre Claymore kicks the face out of Roman's face. Well played, Drew. <laughs> Earn that money. Shane covers one, two, three. Don't hate the finish. Yep. Don't hate the finish. In fairness, it's the right finish to set up where they're going. <laughs> Everyone was bitching and moaning about this show and the fact that Shane won. I have no problem with Shane winning. I have the problem with him dominating the fucking match from start to finish and then just winning. Well, as I said before, you've had... So you've got... Roman Reigns, who's put out, I don't know, Goldberg, Triple H, everybody with a spear. And Shane yeah. McMahon fucking learns how to counter it. What? What's happened in the performance center? Old corporate guy can block the <laughs> spear, but everyone else eats it. I mean, what's left to say about this, really? Dog shit. It's fucking terrible, but isn't it? But the finish was the right finish. Because it sets up Drew and Roman, which is what everyone fucking wants. And the great piece at the end, like Cody Hall style, balancing someone on the top of your shoulders That's as the funny. pyro goes That up. was really yeah. funny. <laughs> like, Shane or like, I'm amazing! As the pyro's going off, and he's well, sitting on giant Drew's shoulders, looking like a fucking human beast. Again, I don't think he was expecting the pyro to go off, because when the pyro went off, his face like, ooh! Yeah, oh, for it's sure. top notch. That yeah, was actually genuinely funny at times. Absolutely loved it. So, um, <laughs> which is really hard to go for this show to say I absolutely loved something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Non in ring part. 
so we, <laughs> we go backstage and we've got Kofi, Kofi the world heavyweight champion, and Xavier, thank you, uh, backstage with Byron Saxton. Uh, Ghana, I thought it was from Jamaica. So <laughs> we can hear Michael so what Cole. What you're talking about, man? <laughs> as right, Kofi. Doing this promo, which is generic and just is what it is. Um, you can hear Michael Cole talking at ringside going, are we doing the next segment? <laughs> like, yes, yes, you are. It's, it's great, but just uh, little production problems here and there. Yeah, of course you're Michael Cole, because fucking Tom Phillips didn't bother making the trek. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. A three-on-one handicap match of Lince Dorado, Callisto, and Grand Metalik. Three fucking awesome workers. The Lucha House Pie versus big old nasty racist piece of shit Lars Sullivan. Well, he trained with Hogan. <laughs> Did he actually? No. No, okay. I'm just checking. They shared the same message board login, though. So, joke about Sullivan being a horrible racist. Uh, I remember when Kalisto was feuding with Strowman. I remember when Kalisto was fro- feuding with Ryback. <laughs> oh, wow. That was <laughs> On sad. the pre-shows. Yeah. Good times. Good memories, eh? Oh, whatever happened to Ryback? The crowd... <laughs> He did an interview with, um, oh, what's that guy's name? A really good YouTuber. I wish I could be putting over right now. He does really good interviews. He got like the one interview with John Cena over WrestleMania weekend. Oh, really? Okay. And uh, he's uploaded a whole bunch of stuff from AEW, like with Ty Dillinger and stuff, like talking for a good 30 minutes, half an hour. He's like one of his good friend Adolf Ziggler. So he gets all okay. these really weird promos of Adolf Ziggler where they're talking about a thing and Ziggler's going like, seems like a really nice human being and you know, he talks about his stand-up career and all the great things he does with professional wrestling. You come out going, yeah, Ziggler's great. And then you see his matches and you're like, fucking you're terrible. <laughs> That's because his promo is always shouting. <laughs> fucking hell. So uh, the crowd are fucking dead. Lars bleeds the hard way. That's probably because um, he bit into the mice that he commented on the promo, but he didn't say the blood <laughs> of their bodily fluids because we can't say blood on TV because saying blood is like getting hard weighed. <laughs> <laughs> so Lucha House Party all jump Lars towards the end of the match. The ref throws it out and Lars Sullivan wins via disqualification and the post-match salute. Because we've got to keep the Lucha Party looking strong. <laughs> Good thing this wasn't replayed on Monday night and Lars Sullivan destroyed him. Oh, hang on. That, that is happen? exactly what happened. God, just go past it. There's, 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 a, there's a promo. Do you want to talk about this anymore? You feel like, yeah, I feel like you've got things to say. Only Lucha, Lucha. <laughs> I noticed they didn't bring the piñata to Jeddah, though. <laughs> fucking hell. All they need to do now is have little fucking lawnmowers that come to the room. <laughs> and they'll be over as fuck, mate. Fucking psychosis would be annoyed at that. It's like, that's my gimmick, man. Uh, what? What is this bullshit? Why... why... A guy like Sullivan, you had all the bullshit that came out about him. Why are we pushing this guy still? Well, he's paid £100,000 as a penalty. Not mm. to a charity. He's been fined. That's gone straight back into the <laughs> account. It's just gone, thanks, mate. Yeah. I'll pay for the jet for another year. You know. Oh, oh sorry. Here you go, Brock. <laughs> That'll get you hot. That'll get you to Germany. It's like a fifth of Brock's wage for <laughs> yeah. just this show, you know. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, oh, why have I gone back to that? So next up, we've got a How Great is Triple H promo video which is just totally cringeworthy. It's just all the moments Triple H being like, oh, look, I'm lovely to people. All the wrestlers love me. Look how great I am. In fairness, that documentary, quite interesting. Or documentary? The, the documentary they take all the uh, little clips on of Triple H. Oh, is that what it's from? Okay. Yeah, um, it's basically the documentary the lead up to WrestleMania, where he's obviously got to be wrestler, corporate head, marketing. And from a behind-the-scenes view of what he does, obviously it's like pomp and a law to make it look better than it is, but yeah. it's quite interesting to see sort of the amount of effort he has to go for, including that... 
he first managed to get to think about his match with Batista about 2am on the day of WrestleMania because he'd been having to do too much corporate stuff. Okay, fair enough. Which obviously explains why he's not a full-time talent. Did you see the walking around the convention stuff with him and Stephanie? Yeah. Fuck, that is one of the funniest videos I've ever seen in my life. Stephanie going, come on, husband, we have to do this thing for the thing. And Paul's just like, can we just fucking go somewhere else, please? <laughs> like, why are we doing this? It just wanders off. And then Steph's like, yes, Triple H, you have to come here to do this fucking thing. And you can see Trips going like, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know who runs this company when my, when your father dies. Yeah, it really is. That Shane. Uh, I, I don't hate Steph. I think she's fucking great. Yeah. I think her and Vince will run this company like an absolute dons, you know. It just it needs to happen now. It needs to happen five five years ago. XFL needs to be XFL needs to be a massive success. Yeah. Because then because <laughs> then it'll grow and then it'll have to go and really focus on his his football league. Yeah, for sure. And if he's running a football league, at least for football season, well wherever it's gonna run after the NFL season. It's gonna be summer, yeah. Brilliant. Because then we'll have a really decent summer slam and then we can get shit leading into Mania <laughs> oh, when he man. comes back. Oh, that might work out. Summers of fun and then winter and WrestleMania of death and then back to the <laughs> yeah. summers of fun. Anyway, so Triple H versus Randy Orton is our next match. Um, Orton poses while the fireworks go off. Looks pretty fucking awesome like before. Triple H tricycle. <laughs> like it? Yeah. Cool, cool. I wish I had that trike. <laughs> Comes out and uh, the pyro goes off and he even does the whole revving the engine thing to try and get the pop and the crowd just like, yep, thanks, hello. They're probably sitting going, doesn't Undertaker ride a two-wheeled motorbike? <laughs> Doesn't Chuck Palumbo ride a two-wheeled motorbike? <laughs> Get the kid rock out. So, um, um, uh, um, <laughs> so Cole says this great line. Well, this is one that Brian Alvarez went on for about an hour on his pod, so we're not going to do that. But, well, you know, it's a WrestleMania caliber event when Triple H has a badass entrance like that. He came out on a bike, dude. Again, see the Lucha House Party come out in their mowers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like anything Michael Cole says. You're just like, nope. Do you reckon they bought his trike over or do you reckon they found a trike in Saudi? I'm pretty sure that like they have one in Saudi. They just got delivered. You're like, why the fuck would you airlift over a fucking massive trike like that? WWE are stupid. Or Triple oh, H case of, this is the only one with an automatic clutch because I can't do gears. Do you not think the whole Triple H icon thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a little bit bad guy Nazi-esque. Yes. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I wonder if sometimes when they've made his gear and he's looking for he goes out in the ring and says to Stephanie going, Am I <laughs> Am I the baddie? <laughs> Shout out Mitchell and Webb. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Of course Triple H poses as uh as his bigger and louder fireworks go off because he's the bigger Don, obviously. Uh the bell rings and the crowd goes, This is awesome. At that stage I want to kill myself. Fucking marks. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> So uh, crowd at least seemed to care about this match, uh, even though I thought it was incredibly boring. I wonder if they were like SmackDown from 2005. Yeah. And these are the top stars. Like, we've got this really current product. Uh, 2005. Wasn't that the Rey Mysterio, Orton, like fun period of SummerSlam, of uh, SmackDown? Possibly. Because that's when it's know. SmackDown 6. Yeah. 6? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I know, so Edge and all yeah. that lot as well, yeah. Um, I mean, it has the, this match has the longest chin lock spot I've ever seen in my life. And I started to wonder, is Orton meant to be the heel? Work smart, brother. that's how it's coming across. He's supposed to be the heel, yeah. I thought Orton was a face at this no, point. No, Orton's a heel. It's not doing very much heely stuff. That's because he's decided he doesn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Basically, what's happened in Orton's personal life, he's got married, married someone he really, really likes, and now does this. <sighs> 
<laughs> just turns out, you think about how long he's been gainfully employed by the WWE. He's one of their top paid guys. Well, the, the thing is as well for Orton now it's is mad. that he's that he can't do anything new because he did it all so young and so early in his career. What else can Orton yeah. do that's interesting? Even if he like has a character spike, oh, I'm going to put him with the Wyatt family. Thing is, as soon as you do anything like that with Randy Orton, it becomes oh, but it's kind of boring because he's top guy Randy Orton. Yeah, and it's like he he gets so demoralized by taking a step down in action. And then he gets put back into the main event scene and he's like, yeah, okay, cool. Though It's the Seamus syndrome. Yeah, it takes someone like a Seth Rollins to come along and go, look, why don't we try this, this, and this, and this at WrestleMania? And yeah. Then they have that amazing spot where they go for the curb stop Marco yeah. spot that everyone remembers. But it, Randy doesn't do shit like this week to week. Because he doesn't care. Why? Yeah. Because he's like, I've got my probably a very decent downside guarantee. Why should I? Why should I bother? Yeah, I guess so, man. I think it would be hard to care if you're in Randy Orton's situation, you know. And this is the thing when we had all like the AEW stuff, like, oh, they're going to go for one big star. They don't need Randy Orton because no. he'd just be okay. Great, he'd have new matches, but what can his character do that's not already seen? This is not a, not a popular opinion, but Randy Orton's really fucking good. Yeah. In again, they always say like, if you're going to build a prototype wrestler. He's yeah. everything. Yeah. He can go in the ring. He's got strength. He's got speed. He's got a good look. Mm. He can cut a promo. You, you kind of... With WWE at the moment, I want them to get rid of all people over kind of like 45, 50 at the moment. You yeah. know what I mean? So no more Taker, no more Goldberg, no more Triple H. Like, just, just, just get rid of these people. Like, have them... Have the reset. Have the new era reset like they had to do around WrestleMania 13. Absolutely. Don't, don't disregard all these people. Like, use them. Use them well. Don't put them in big main event matches and stuff. Like, let's let Randy Orton take that slot. You know, be the Tanahashi. Yeah. Be like the old guard guy hanging around, like, keeping the young boys down and such, you know. He'd be fucking great in that heel position. Yeah. The thing they've got to do, as will become apparent as we continue through the show, is that, I agree, they need to get rid of the old timers. Yeah. But they need to bring back squash matches and enhancement matches. I totally agree. They did that with Braun for a while, and I was thinking, this is fucking great. I'm not saying you should have... Just stopped it completely. Or basically have your lows, the mid-card guys, as the ones who always just lose. Because the problem is, when yeah. you always have these big blockbuster matches on Raw, nothing is new anymore. Nothing's new. Everything we've seen at this show, we've seen before. We've it's seen so Andrade... Weird. It's so weird to complain about something being too good, but it almost is, you know? Yeah, uh, but we'll, we'll get to it shortly. But you've got 50 wrestlers in a battle royal, <laughs> and... You can't still have something that's new. And someone goes, this is interesting. The newest thing you had on this show is fucking Goldberg Undertaker. Because Goldberg did this. Yeah. No, I'm going to set out my AOL contract, thanks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was a first time match as well. But anyway, um, so, do sing along with Triple H as he does the whole suck it thing. And I'm like, mm, Saudi Arabia, are you sure about that? But it's, it's, it went over. It was okay. Um, I've just put a note here. just said, please go home, lads. Like, this match is so fucking long. It yeah, just, it but, felt like nothing was really happening. But they it's a triple this, match. Yeah, they do all their spots. It's okay, and but I wanted more overbooked bullshit. But there's no real story to do it with. No. So how are you going to do it? You know, like there's no denying match. that for the heavyweight style, yeah. they are the best people on this card. And what they did, they did nothing wrong. It just wasn't exciting. They again, much like with the match earlier with uh, the Seth and his ribs, they started to work into the gimmick, into the match. Sorry, they started to work into the match. that Orton has got an, a sore arm, yeah, and so Triple H goes after it. But then Orton goes into his kind of end spot and is on the mat, slamming the mat with both arms. And you're like, For "Fuck's sake, man! <laughs> At least do it with one arm, you know, to yeah. sell this one." One thing that I hate in general in pro wrestling, whether it be WWE style or even on indie wrestling, yeah, if you've ever 
damage your arm, or even let, let's say it's something similar as a punch. If you punch someone in the face as hard as you can, it fucking hurts. That it's yeah, not yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Twenty third of June. That's a fair point. Yeah, something little, little something like that. Yeah, it doesn't take. No one does that. Obviously, you don't. All. You don't want a whole fucking ring. Can you imagine? Punch. Yeah, every time someone hit about a roar, I go, "Oh man, oh man." <laughs> <laughs> Does the Superman punch wank off? Superman punch? Oh man, uh, a bit. <laughs> I refer to Roman when he does this as his magnesium wanking claw. <laughs> Fucking a. So there's a nice little pedigree re- reversal roll through stand up into the RKO spot. Uh, but Triple H kicks out, and I'm like, don't kick out the fucking RKO. Some Always things three. need to be protected, you know, yeah. and that's one of them for me. It's so over when it's over as a meme. Like, yeah. just protect it. Yeah, please, Triple H. Triple H blocks the punt. Uh, Orton then kicks out of the pedigree. And you're like, see, for tap. see earlier almost, you know, very 50-50 booking. I'd prefer they weren't yeah. kicking out of other people's shit, yeah. you know. Uh, Triple H does four bl- uh, backdrops onto the announce table. I am the table and it won't <laughs> fucking break. Uh, they really haven't worked the crowd enough in this match because the crowd are just dead and they were really into it to start with. Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis set that um, table up. <laughs> <laughs> but there's one moment at this point where Triple H goes like Rah! to the crowd and the whole place goes fucking bonkers. Yeah. And it's silent again because they're not constantly working. They need to treat this more of like an old school crowd that doesn't understand what they're doing almost, you yeah. know, and actually get them involved in the match because that's all they're here to do. Do you think part of it, though, is again similar to... Oh, voice breaking. <laughs> yeah, do you think part of this is to do with, again, how they've not been in attendance of wrestling shows so they don't know yeah. what their role is? Because, again, as you said, like, yeah. the Japanese fans more so recently in new japan over let's say 10 years ago they yeah. get a bit more hyped a bit but it's yeah. a bit more of a westernized product now and, and they do it when it matters yeah when the wrestlers tell them to do it essentially yeah which is what Orton and, and triple h are not doing here no and as you said triple h got it there but it's up to the more experienced wrestlers suddenly go we haven't worked this audience before let's get them let's let them be the match yeah you could have done half the time half the amount of spots and just interacted with the audience more and he would have been 10 yeah. times better you know which is not something i usually say about pro wrestling but really this is something they need to randy do, orton should have just gone into ground and punched a woman they've gone oh he gets us yeah absolutely so um okay well, out of nowhere pretty much as soon as they roll back in the ring for the one two three and thank fuck it's finally over randy orton wins and again right result yeah for sure it's okay yeah this um for um nostalgia purposes yeah from an attempted old school wrestling side of things, this was, I think, technically, albeit very, very slow, technically the best match on the card. Yeah. But the rings, it's not my overall favourite taste of in-ring action, but no. everything was smooth, everything was fluid, albeit very slow. Everything was done with purpose. Yeah. But that's, if I'm complimenting a wrestling match going, everything meant something. Yeah, for sure. But the, until you kicked out the flipping finishes. Yeah. Don't kick out. And stop finish. selling the arm as well. Yeah. Don't they, kick out finishes. The first like 10 to 15 minutes of the match is all around Orton's arm. Yeah. They just completely forget about it. Like, why is this a thing now? Why is this not the story? Probably because they suddenly thought, oh, they have these cut off, don't they? It's like, but it's when they... <laughs> it's, when, <laughs> it's when they talk about the work rate era and such. It's like they have a normal match and then go, oh, we have to put like 10 minutes of kicking out finishes and work great at the end because it's, it's the pointless. work great era. Pointless. You're like, just cut that last 10 minutes. Just just do the match, yeah. you know? It's yeah. fucking shit. Anyway, so my notes apparently didn't didn't send this one little bit. So 
We've got a main event up next. Have you gone? Do you want to call it? Well, the main event. You're not. You're not talking about our battle royale. Oh yeah, the battle royale. Fuck. I. I none of my notes are here. I don't know what's happened to them. Oh no, you've also missed <laughs> Big Brawn and uh, Bobbo. Yeah, Bobby Lashley. I don't know what's happened to my notes at all. Right. So, um, we won't go too busy on the old uh, spot fest itself. But uh, so you know, we've seen the build up to Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley leading up to this on Monday Night Raw. They yeah. had a classic arm wrestling match leading up to this. <laughs> this is how you're utilizing Strowman of all people, you know. And well, in fairness, he won the arm wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get him over, <laughs> and he threw the uh, threw the chalk in the eye. So my notes basically, uh, they're clearly putting the raw strength and determination against each other. Well, cheers, that is that after Triple H Norton. Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. So, yeah, I, was, I don't know why my notes aren't there, but whatever. Go on. So, we started off with Lashley sort of dropping Strowman with a big uh, power slam, but he could only keep him down for two because, you know, power slam early on in the match. Which yeah. Expect. Uh, Corey Graves basically talks up um, the IC champs, former IC champs. Oh, he's such a badass. He's like, so, I'm going to call this badassery <laughs> in my notes. Okay. Um, Strowman does, does his classic uh, fight back, flattening Lashley with a spine buster, following a running shoulder block on the floor, delivered another. Lashley bumped hard onto the floor. Second hardest part of the ring, the floor. <laughs> uh, in the ring, Strowman delivered his power slam. Lashley kicks out. Oh, look, we're kicking out our finishes again, are we? So Lashley kicked out of the power slam. Yep. Yeah, fucking hell. Strowman got frustrated, charged Lashley, collided with the ring post. Um, Lashley, seizing the opportunity, rushed round the ring, sent Strowman back first into the guardrail yeah suplex on the entrance ramp big suplex made sure he walks back up to the led light display i love it when well. they go oh right onto the steel and you can hear the led plastic going clunk, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> uh, and then back in the ring we've got Strowman sending lashley off the top rope delivering two power slams and keeping lashley down for the undos tres yeah you see Strowman here and you realize how athletic the guy is like he looks like he kind of He's almost stumbling the way he walks. But as soon as he's in the ring, you're like, fuck me, this guy can go. The only thing I've got to criticize Strowman for is when he runs. Because yeah. like, when he ran into the turnbuckle to get ready, he was like, dip, 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 little baby feet. Yeah, I think that's to keep his knees in good shape almost because yeah. they look like they're a fucking state, to be fair. Um, so that that was that. Not really much else to... I don't think I need to go into my Strowman rant again, but you see him here. Like Bobby Lashley is a solid worker. He's fine. I have no problem with Bobby Lashley whatsoever. Good mid-carder. Uh, I, I, as soon as he came out, I was like, oh, where's Leo Rush? And you're like, oh, is it like Zelina Vega? They have to blur him out. <laughs> Do you know what's actually happened with Leo Rush? <laughs> Go on, what happened? Uh, he complained about not having any money, so they just don't take him on the road. He claimed he wasn't earning enough and he thought he was one of the top stars. So uh, they've basically kicked him to the curb and he's sitting at home. I'm bemused by this. What? He was complaining... You're a runt of the litter at this point. You need to fucking earn your stripes, son. Yep. He was complaining that by the time you take into consideration the travel expenses that they have to do, he doesn't get flown first class, that he's got no money. He's out of money. And he wants a new contract because he wants to have some money for what he's done for Lashley. And unsurprisingly, WWE turned around going, you're a bit of a troublemaker, aren't you, prick? Wow. I mean, he's done some good for Lashley from what I've seen. Yeah. Lashley is, has been elevated by having Leo Rush there. But, but know your fucking role. Yeah. You know? 205 Live, mate. Yeah. Now Chad Gay was in your space. Oh, man. I saw that. I was, like, dis- disappointed. But then uh, people keep talking about how Jack Gallagher and him are having some really quality stuff, apparently. This this was uh, last night. They had okay. a pretty barnstormer of a match based on reviews. I've not seen it myself. Cool. Then we're on to our not main event of the evening. We've got Dolph Ziggler and Kofi. 
Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ, I've missed loads of stuff, haven't I? I'm just going to quickly send myself my notes because I know there's stuff here that no, I've got to mention. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Fuck it. Go on. So we obviously had um, our inspirational, motivational video package of our return to Ghana. I don't know what Kofi was doing, but Dolph was there. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, God, I forgot that I had that promo earlier. Then it takes ages to get to this match. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're showing Kofi as their returning hero in Ghana, which was excellent. Yeah. Um, so we start off with Michael Cole putting over in this match that these wrestlers have wrestled for every single title on the card of the Universal title. They've battled each other for IC title, US title, tag team title. Yeah, right. d- didn't mention the 24-7 title. Didn't mention the I said They're missing title. a few off that list, aren't they? Yeah. Um, lots of ground and pound from Ziggler in this match. I just, I can't take him seriously. I, I found my notes. Oh, well done. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been me, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I, I can't take the whole the whole thing. I just can't take seriously. I'm struggling with it. Yeah, I. they should have fired the... Pulled the trigger of Dolph when he cashed in. And yeah. then he got a concussion and Vince McMahon put around. Ha, concussion? Ha, pussy? Not going to book you. It, it, the whole thing with Dolph is so weird in that is there anyone on the card, on, on, the, on the roster, that is more of a had the potential, they completely fucking screwed it up than yeah. Dolph Ziggler? Yeah, he was HBK. Yeah, he could have been. Could have been. They even tried it with like Drew, but then like Drew went off to do other better things with Shane. Yeah. Shane blatantly saw this and went, "Oh, that looks good." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm the best in the world <laughs> for sure. Uh, it's so, but I thought Dolph looked really sunburnt as well, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, very bronzed. <laughs> but much like the match earlier, like Ziggler just dominates. Yeah, the whole well, match. Hill's got to over, and then we've got to have our WWE champion fight back against adversity. Yeah, it's. <sighs> Can't imagine we're going to have a super show in Ghana. <laughs> probably be more over than this. They'd probably give a shit at least, you well, know? True. So, I mean, I, I basically just put here, basically anyone in the stadium just does, does not give a fuck. Uh, I've made a sandwich and invented a song that goes, no one cares, <laughs> over and over and over. What was in your sandwich? Uh, it was, uh, oddly, it was a weird one. And I started making it and then I was like, I'll just have peanut butter. I'm trying to be healthy, right? Because I had like wholemeal bread. I'm like, being good. And I was like, oh, you know what I haven't had in ages? It's peanut butter with Marmite. I was like, you know what goes really well with Marmite? Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was literally standing there making a sandwich, kind of watching it going, yeah, yeah, still happening. Yep, yeah, I'm really fucking bored of this. <laughs> so yeah, it was all right. So just checking, did you have a peanut butter, Marmite and cheese sandwich or just a Marmite and cheese sandwich? All three, baby. Peanut butter and cheese, <laughs> interesting. It's actually quite nice. Yeah, if you put a bit of banana in there as well, I guess like really extravagant. <laughs> I made a rookie error when I started training with uh, Mr. Wicked at uh, MFH Fitness. Yeah, and he yeah. always suggested uh, when I was doing some early morning work, it's like, you know, make sure you eat. Because I can't normally eat food before doing any form of physical activities and it makes me feel really sick. Okay. But he was like, no, you should probably eat something. Can't stand peanut butter. And he said, why don't you have some peanut butter and like a banana on toast? And I was like, oh, I hate peanut butter. But when I bought some peanut butter, sat there in the mornings going, <laughs> and <laughs> choking it, down peanut butter. Ch- choke it down like a good little trainee. Turned up to do it, started working out, and I was like, oh, I'm going to throw up because I've, oh, I really hate peanut butter. <laughs> and I was like, are you all right? I was like, I shouldn't have eaten the peanut butter. He's so, like, what, what's wrong with it? I was like, I don't like peanut butter. Why did you eat it? <laughs> you told me to. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're a good trainee, at least. I, have to, you I, do, I follow you instructions know. and I listen well. But you've played in bands and stuff, right? Yeah. So my biggest mistake ever, this with the Iris boys, we were in Basingstoke, I want to say. The heartland um, of pop punk. To be fair, I played <laughs> a really good venue with like a decent crowd and such. Like one of the better gigs of the tour we did. But I remember we go next door, we went to like a little Weatherspoons. Oh, I ordered yeah. like the giant hot dog with like everything <laughs> on it. I was like, nom, 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 nom. I was like, when are we playing? 20 minutes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> So the whole kid going, oh, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> like I was talking to people at like the side of the stage and stuff the whole time. Uh, it was one of the best gigs I've ever played in my life. But, I um, like the fact that our food stories are better than the show. Oh, it's so much better. <laughs> Fucking A. So Kofi does, uh, this is the most horrible spot of the night where I'm like, Dolph Ziggler can go fuck himself. Like I'm never going to forgive him for this. Kofi does the trust fall spot off the top to the floor and Dolph completely fucking misses. Murder clown sat yeah. at home in Mexico. He's like, what are you fucking doing, Dolph? <laughs> fucking A, man. Like, doesn't need fucking Drew McIntyre. He needs a murder clown to catch Kofi off the top. Murder clown would have catched him and l- l- put him down gently. Yeah, for sure. Murder clown what? who briefly followed me on Twitter and then unfollowed me. Did he really? I was He was following me for like three days. I was like, Aww. I'm going to save this for the pod. And I looked at it today. It's like, he's fucking unfollowed me. I've, I've tweeted him so many times going like, can we have some merch, please? Oh, yeah. like, I want a t-shirt. I want a mask. I'll wear it every fucking show we do. <laughs> but like, you know, I think the language barrier is a bit of I a... I was hoping I was going to give it a couple of days because, you know, obviously when you follow each other on Twitter, you can then direct message. I wanted to send a message going, please record a Ford for the pod. <laughs> Amazing. Please stop following me so I can't fucking do it. Murder Clown Man, get in touch with your boys, trust us. Oh, actually, Pagano, if you know Murder Clown, could you get him to record a Ford for the show? Do you know Pagano? No, I just thought it was oh, okay. more fun to say Pagano, don't record a Ford for the show, but, you know, ask Murder Clown <laughs> to do it. <laughs> What a dick move. <laughs> so, um, shenanigans with Xavier kicking Dolph in the face, uh, Trouble in Paradise. Face, face, what? shenanigans. Where'd he kick him? Yeah, it well, wasn't no. the face, wasn't it? Didn't I say yeah, face? No, no, I'm just saying. Oh, as in like face, face. Oh, because he's a yeah. face. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? <clears throat> Biggie heel turn coming. Well, yeah. So trouble in paradise, spinny kick thing for the one, two, three, and still Kofi Kingston. Uh, pretty crap match, really. Um, let's talk about Kofi's reign first before we get onto the future. Well, it's why the ratings are terrible. <laughs> oh, hang on, wait a minute. No, it's because your product's shit. When everyone was coming into Mania going, oh, Kofi's the man, all this sort of shit, I remember saying to you and a couple of other people, oh, is he? I don't get it. Like, he's he's been there a long time. He's talented in the ring. He was he's the, got he, fuck all momentum behind him. He can barely talk. Like, he can't cut a face promo. He was the happy ending. Yeah. He, oh, he, he's hmm. the WrestleMania moment. <laughs> For that massage. <laughs> but no, no, I know what you mean. Like, it's it's... Had had um, Mustafa Ali not been injured, yeah, Kofi would have been nowhere near that main event spot because yeah. he had a great it. showing in Elimination Chamber. And basically, Vince McMahon did this: go, Kevin Owens against Dragon. Oh, hang on. Oh, Kofi. Yeah, Kofi. Kofi versus Dragon. The whole we can sell merch. of Kofi and going into WrestleMania and post WrestleMania all feels so short sighted. Yeah, it's really weird in that I like Kofi. It feels weird to say bad, negative things about his act or whatever. Kofi's done nothing wrong. Kofi's capitalised. The fans got behind him because they think he deserved it. Obviously, we had last year very much the women's movement, the Evolution pay-per-view, and now we had the very much ever-inclusive approach of we've never had a black WWE champion. Yeah. Kofi's over. Brilliant. For sure. And let's make that headline at WrestleMania 35 because let's be honest, the women are going to go on at one in the morning. Yeah. Uh, They have had Black WWE World Heavyweight Champions, but let's just carry on. Yeah. No, not WWE Champions. They've had World Heavyweight Champions. They've never had... 
He's half Samoan, half black. They call African American, whatever they want to call it. They called him that to start with, and they realised they didn't have the hundred percent what they needed. (laughs) So weird to define race this way. It's insane. Doesn't matter. I'm I'm going WWE. uh, Yeah. yeah. So um, the future. So I started thinking about well, dragons just come back. Him and Kofi have got a nice story kind of going on. Apparently, Dragon's still a heel. Yeah, he's team with Rowan, and they've got the tag championships. Weren't on the show. That's because Brian refused <laughs> to go. Okay, good man. Okay, so Dragon's now doing this tag thing. Okay, we yep. can just forget that. Get rid of it. With heavy okay. machinery? What are you talking about? <laughs> but Dragon is a natural face. He's very good heel. But really, he's the greatest fucking wrestler that's ever existed in all time. Sort of this thing. is what he wanted to do, though. Yeah, I get. I totally yeah. get why he wanted to do it, and he proved he can do it. He's fucking amazing. But do you not? I started to think about how it would be amazing if you had Dragon kind of coming back into a face roll with a big face pop return. Because if you did, he's coming out to rescue someone. Could it be Kofi? You know what I mean? In this moment. But then Kofi turns on Dragon. That's a more natural fit for both guys. Kofi is a very good obnoxious heel when he wants to be. But they never really do it because they never really gave him the momentum behind it. And I think you could... I don't think it works because I started thinking about it and going like, well, Dragon's so established as a heel now. To flip-flop him like that would be everything I detest about Perez yeah. everything I complain about. So why not just do it with Big E? Big E should be their top face. Yeah. Because I, I can, hate the idea of him being a heel. He's too lovable. Big E's hilarious on Twitter. And his promos are hilarious. Yeah. He's entertaining in the ring when he wrestles as well. When he was doing the five count in NXT as well, he was just... Like, I'm a bit about that, but it's, yes, I didn't hate it. Face gimmick got him over. Yeah, for sure. I think he could be a fucking amazing face to Kofi's heel character. If we're going to break up the New Day, which I don't think they ever will, to be totally honest. <laughs> ching, 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 ching. Exactly, yeah. The money they get through that and the whole the gaming channel that Xavier has up, up, down, yeah. down, everything. Like Big E and Kofi are so important to that and I think that makes a fuckload of money, to be totally yeah. honest. Um, without the conventions and everything else and games and 2K and all that sort of stuff, you know. There's a lot of um, connection with Vince and Xavier and all that sort of stuff. But I love the idea of Kofi being a vicious, obnoxious heel and holding that belt for another couple of years while Xavier and Big E kind of like, you know, don't fully turn on him, but like, you know, Kofi grants Big E a match through frustration almost. And Kofi almost gets there and Xavier has to pick and it's such a good story to tell. Loads of layers of grey and area and stuff. Sorry, what you've done there is you've used thoughts, long-term booking and a small thing of something called creativity. Yeah. No, we're going to have the Lucha House Party <laughs> and Lars Sullivan for the next seven weeks. Yeah, exactly. Until Lars Sullivan demasks Dram Metalik and goes, oh, you're not black. I'm sorry. <laughs> One can dream, though. You know, One can absolutely dream. Oh, I, it's a couple of times in my life I wish I was black. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Dolph backstage at Byron Saxon post-match and uh, apparently this was Dolph's big return match. Didn't even realise. Yeah, he'd been out doing comedy. Oh, there we go. So uh, he wants Kofi Kingston one-on-one, so he wants Kofi in a steel cage. In the rage in the cage. There's never interference in cage matches, is there? Oh, no, no, no. So uh, let's get into it. So there's a Ronda Rousey, Ronda, Ronda Rousey is amazing promo. Apparently it's another documentary. You watched it? Very interesting. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Yep. Uh, that, that fucking face hugger though was in it. So well done, Travis. Oh, okay. Fine. I thought you meant like, you know, anyway. Might as well have been. Yeah, for sure. So um, fans Vox Pop promo. I love these. Like the one before SummerSlam 92. Yeah. Where they just like get random fans to scream and say funny things. It's just the best. They're hot and they're excited. 
Burn it down. Down. Burn it down. <laughs> Generally, really, really funny, though. Really yeah. enjoy this. It's probably one of the biggest pops tonight. It's watching these fans at ringside saying stupid shit. Welcome to Saudi Arabia, WWE. Yeah. Welcome, AEW. Sure. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong one. I did notice on Raw, um, I, again, <sighs> just through sort of online commentaries, is WWE yeah. made a lot of references to the uh, this show. Oh, really? And they were like, See, we are are globally inclusive. No other sporting brand has the global reach that we do. It's a case of, yeah, give it a couple of years, boys. Yeah, yeah. they're getting there already. I was going to say something then. I'm not allowed to say, am I? Am I allowed to say that yet? Uh, About what? Um, Well, let's just skip over it. Because there's some stuff we know through our OWE links. Let's leave that for now. Okay, cool. Awesome. So, 50-man battle royal. Specifically, man (laughs) battle royal. (laughs) The largest battle royal in WWE history. Now, it's a real shame that Braun didn't bring that fucking green belt to defend after winning the Greatest Royal Rumble. Jesus Christ, which one? (laughs) They're both terrible. (laughs) The thing I liked about this the most is the wrestlers they actually gave entrances to after all of the other people had gone through. It's it's an insight into who they give a fuck about. Yep, Miz. Titus, yeah. just yeah. for the joke after he fell that under the was ring. Funny, you know, you can understand that one. That's, he's not a big star, but you know, yeah. The fans fine. remembered him though, didn't they? Yeah, that was a good joke. Everyone had a laugh, you know. You see the guys in the ring, like going, oh, oh, <laughs> taking the piss. I you think know? Ali shouted out, don't run! <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. So uh, awkwardly, everyone comes down to the ring and some people get their own entrances. So Miz gets fireworks as well. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, fucking hell, Miz. Samoa Joe gets his entrance with a few Joe chants that I thought was quite good. Yeah. I wonder whether they were dubbed, dubbed. into the music, but whatever. No pyro for Joe. Yeah. So Doesn't need pyro. Miz Joe, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair he enough. eyes. Who's this fat Samoan? The one that I was just like, oh, okay. Cesaro gets his own entrance. And I'm like, please. He's got new gear. Are we going to push him? Uh, no, because he's been injured. Are you serious? Yeah. He's injured now? Yeah. Fuck me. Hey! Well, that's that then. He's fucked. He's done. Because Vince will never like get over that, will he? No. God. They Apparently, he got injured in the sixth man on Raw. Of all the guys, WWE fucked up. He has to be right up there. With just, I tell you what, fucking hell, just let him go down to NXT and train and team with Chris Hero. Yeah. And just let him be in a tag division there. Just let him do it. King's reign supreme, son. Yeah. So uh, Titus gets his own entrance, blah, blah, blah. Ladies and gentlemen, Elias. Brung. This is so over with me. Every time he's on my screen, I'm not bored as fuck. He's very good, isn't he? He's fucking hilarious. He doesn't need to wrestle. He doesn't need to work. He doesn't need to talk. He needs to come out, do his songs, do his thing. Beat people up occasionally. Perfect. This is what they need to do with him and Bray Wyatt. They don't need storylines. They just need to be characters on the TV show. Perfect. Feels like Attitude Era throwback. Yeah. You know, he's a shit in ring worker, as most of the Attitude Era guys were. But fuck, he's entertaining. Elias is the first person who's come up from the main roster from NXT who is better on the main roster than NXT. For sure. Oh, and no way, Jose. (laughs) But like this whole show, aside from like, you know, seeing La Sombra and Balor and people like that, even though the matches were a bit meh, you know, I've been bored as shit. I, I regretted doing this. <laughs> like, just because I had to sit and watch it. I, I enjoyed when you... funny s- podcasting, but you know. I enjoyed when you sent me just going, it's four hours! <laughs> <laughs> four fucking hours, son. <laughs> so Elias' song is fucking hilarious. And then we get into the Battle Royal. And it's about two minutes in after everyone does the big jump start thing with Elias and everything. And uh, I'm just like, these aren't as fun as Rumbles, are they? This is really fucking shit. 
Well, you're in for a treat then, because on the 23rd of June, the Hawkins Community Centre, it's the Kings of Summer Rumble. I love a rumble. Not about Royal. Rumbles, you can tell stories, you know? Although I am about now... Royals, it's just a clusterfuck. I'm a battle Royal specialist now. Nice. So second, second one in a couple of weeks? Well, this is a rumble, so, you know, second one oh, in okay. space <laughs> of a year. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, think of the cost of flying all these people out just to do this bullshit. One jet. It's fine. <laughs> just hired a jet didn't they to do it yeah well they, they showed it obviously on the tarmac when they showed the 24 7 title change with it okay the, the plane oh with they the did yeah, yeah. Stage, i saw that yeah. on youtube and all that sort of bullshit so graves and cole are so bored they start talking about what the, when the sun will rise and what time it is and they have literally a five minute conversation with renee where they're like oh yeah it's, it's like one o'clock in the morning now the sun will be up in two minutes <laughs> i would have been really happy they turned and gone what's um what's john up to this weekend <laughs> i think they want to mention the, the temperature as well by the way oh, fucking hell I look forward to when they bring that out on Raw. Oh, it's about 70 in here. Yeah, it's, it's quite warm today. It's summer. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Oh, you've gone to Saudi Arabia and it's warm? Oh, what a fucking surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, skip to the end. Uh, Miz is eliminated by Elias, which leaves the last six of Ali. <laughs> I? Not calling him Ali. He's Ali. Ali G. Ricochet and someone that's <laughs> the one side of the ring what mansoor i'm sorry blowing the spot it's samoa joe elias and cesaro on the other side of the ring uh, rico and ali drag joe over the top rope eliminating him cesaro eliminates rico and ali mansoor as they call him eliminates cesaro when he's already on the outside leaving elias and mansoor uh, mansoor event mansoor i think he is well, on uh, on NXT he's been Mansoor, and on NXT UK he's been Mansoor. Is he actually on NXT? Yeah, he's oh. been he's been on NXT a couple of times. He's been on NXT UK a couple of times. I thought this was like his debut or something. I've no. never heard of this guy. He's he's not a prominent part of NXT. Or... Can he work? Oh, he can work. He can cut a promo. It's yeah. a fucking long promo, but it's a promo. It's going to be the only promo he gets in WWE. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well milk it. He's not a white baby face, you know, bullshit. So, you know, of course he's not going to get work. <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous. So Mansoor eventually elbow drops, uh, sorry, back body drops Elias over the top rope. And surprise, surprise, the local lad wins it. I like the fact that it got until until it was the final six that they never mentioned his name or even put him on the camera. Yeah, there I, were a couple of times the camera cut him. to Mansoor and they cut away really right, quickly. Okay. I think that was deliberate to yes. like make it such a surprise. Yeah. Who's this guy? Okay. He, he looks all right. Yeah, he looks like Ali and Seth Rollins. They're all of the same build and size and long black hair fuck man yeah looks exactly the same didn't he so don't worry WWE if Seth Rollins goes to AEW just put one of these other guys in it's like when fucking Mr. Co left it's like you know how Man City have got like Kevin De Bruyne right yeah but if Kevin De Bruyne is injured they've got um Mares and Silver and anyone else like they've got a whole wealth of people yeah. that can like fill his position WWE are doing that yeah it's exactly that <laughs> they've got Ali next got doppelgangers just yeah. ready to go if someone drops out that's what we did in wrestling for me and Elliot Jordan it's fine <laughs> oh it's fucking great so a uh, post-match promo with Byron in the ring a man saw talks but you know skip to the end at uh, this stage I'm really bemused by Byron Saxon's really shit sideburns that go at a 90 degree <laughs> angle <laughs> they're not great are they but, um, if we got to shave, maybe it's a rib. Mansour's promo at the end, I swear, is five minutes. Do you think he at some point they're going to call him McMansour? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mansaurus? <laughs> yes! <laughs> but uh, let's be honest, on this win, it gets a huge pop. This is the best part of the show. kids in the audience almost in tears of joy. And like, you know, there's one guy who's got the whole Saudi big kind of headdress and the gear on. And he's just like going... Rrr! 
<laughs> like this, like so proud and like angry proud, you know? Yeah. And it's nice to see this emotion coming out of any wrestling crowd, no matter how crap I thought it was. This is the best part of the show. Yeah, it's right up there. This is the hope. Yeah. That you two can leave that fucking country. <laughs> Oh, so uh, Stomping Grounds promo, big pop for the women's match graphics as they pop up, and we wonder whether these are canned or not earlier. Tits and Beaver. Yeah, for sure. Like It seems like they were there in the yeah, arena. Yeah, I think so. I I'd like to give it the benefit stadium. of the doubt. It's time for your main event of the evening, the first time ever. The aged Undertaker. <laughs> Wait, sorry, the Asian Undertaker? <laughs> no. <laughs> and that was Mansour. <laughs> Undertaker versus Goldberg, right? At this stage, I thought, right, these entries are going to be about 20 minutes. I can probably go for a poo, have a sandwich, do some work, and be back just in time for the match to start. I was right. I timed it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Undertaker's entrance, from Druids to introductions, is over six minutes long. It's a fucking match length. That's it. Work smart, boys. Fucking crazy. Right, let's quickly run through some of the bullshit that happened in this. So, um, the opening package, all this Tony Schiavone, Michael Cole, and this opening ma- match. Uh, bah! Fuck the lineup. God damn it, this was funny. I'll say it again, but it won't be as funny. So, all this Tony Schiavone, Michael Cole, and the opening package is making my ears bleed. Um, <laughs> opening package is generally really, really good. I like the fact that they always made sure that when they had Goldberg and that they had a lot of Michael Cole commenting of Goldberg being there, even though it was WCW footage. Goldberg's yeah. here! Hang on, that's when he was on Nitro. But, like, this time, it was, like, it was actually quite touching hearing like tony Schiavone's voice there's even a bit of bobby yeah. heenan in here and you're like yeah. awesome that's really cool Add a bit of jr in there as well yeah absolutely yeah. man really good their, their video production team like as crap as stuff in wwe can be their production team fucking hell they're yeah. the best the absolute best it's as you said if you're watching this for the first time if you're new to the product and it's being broadcast in saudi and you're like this is a big deal yeah and i'm gonna be honest like for us as how old are you now 35 35 okay i'm 33 almost 34 right and so you hear this dum 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 and you're like it's goldberg like i get so fucking hyped the second i hear that music because he's the guy it's like i'm conditioned to watch wcw and be like he's gonna kill people he's gonna die they're all gonna die you know but now modern me sits and goes, oh, this is Goldberg. He's going to twat his head into a locker and bust himself open because he's a prick. Because I can't stop staring at that little blob on his fucking head where he's already busted himself open. You're like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Within seconds ruined. You had one job, Bill. I was so hyped and like, I know people have been bullshitting on this match all week long. But Matt like, Riddle especially. <laughs> really, we'll get into that. But like, you see Goldberg and you're like, it's fucking Goldberg. And you're like, oh, he's got white on his trunks as well. And he doesn't seem to give a shit. And he goes, yeah. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> like, you know? He's basically trying to be a Metallica. But then he does his entrance and he goes, the pyro goes off. And you're like, oh, he's going to appear through it. And then he walks out after the pyro and you're like, oh. And his kicks are mistimed with the explosions. And he does the kick, kick. and it's like, boom. There's the explosion. And then he kind of walks down to the ring and he lifts a hand in the air. And you're like, oh, I'm glad you're happy to be here, mate. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Do you not remember your fucking gimmick? Uh, well, not in this country. Jesus Christ, man. The spooky pyro is like... Oh, I like some commentary so that Cole also put over the fact is, and uh, Goldberg's wife and son are here. No, they're fucking not. No, <laughs> Even if they not. are there, they probably don't want to watch this. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> so Undertaker's entrance is six minutes long. Huge pop on each dong. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of this podcast that <laughs> they do the fucking Pink Floyd laser show as well and I'm like Taker doesn't need all this Just, you fucking, well what followed shows you do oh, maybe he does yeah it, 
it's it's an incredible entrance. Yeah. It's the production level is fucking bonkers. Built for stadiums, this one. Taker walks down to the ring slowly as Taker does, and he looks uncomfortable. That's because he's had a long walk. <laughs> That's a pretty long ramp. Exactly. Like this is sad. Yeah. The it's like no- Goldberg doesn't give a fuck. Like he's in great shape, but doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. No so more. Undertaker gives a fuck. But it's like he's just not capable of doing what he needs to be able to do to be Taker anymore. Yeah. And like, fuck going through the whole thing. Like, there's a couple of comments which I'll quickly do. Like, Graves says a line, which I was just like, oh, as soon as he said it. This is like watching Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson. And I'm like, Muhammad Ali had Parkinson's and died two years ago. So he's probably right. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking trash. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and as we said earlier that on the commentary, yeah, Michael Cole was just basically parrot fashioning Vince McMahon for like repeating yeah. himself so many times. It was just... Absolutely. And on the thing you were just saying earlier, like I've written it down. Renee says, Goldberg's wife and son are here. They're not going to want to watch this. I'm like, yeah, me neither. Because <laughs> this is fucking bad. I love finding these little bits of commentary which make me pop because like, they're not meant to. Basically, they a flipping match, isn't it? So, should run through it quickly? Yeah. So the match is kind of okay to start with. It's a Goldberg match. Yeah. It's a, it's a short taker match as well. It's fine. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it at all. Right up until... <laughs> Choke slam, taker signals for the end. Tombstone. Oh my God, he just killed Goldberg. Goldberg's poor neck. What the fuck? He did a tombstone. Goldberg's head was like an inch or two beneath his knees. Just like clunk. As soon as he hits the ground, you're like, oh fuck, he's dead. Thank God he was okay, but... Yeah, because, I mean, to fly that body home, that'd be pretty expensive. <laughs> Came in the casket with the American flag draped over and wheel out Goldberg at the end. Well, plus one, the Druids would come back out. It'd be <laughs> fine. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> so Goldberg returns the favour. <laughs> yeah, he certainly does. <laughs> giving him the junk hammer <laughs> right onto his head and neck. Fucking hell. Neck bridges, kids. And then they, they stand up after this. Goldberg goes for a tombstone. They attempt to do the flip back reversal thing that Kane and Taker have done for years and all sorts of people have done. They fuck it up. Taker stands up and goes, fuck this. Choke slam. One, two, three. We're out of here, boys. And Undertaker looks so fed up at the end of that. His face expression after this match. He, I think his words oh. were this going, Michelle McCall was pretty hot. Why did I fucking come here? Mate, the meme face Taker gives at the end of this match. He's just like... <laughs> he's doing it that's why WCW died it's fucking and then the most apt oh. thing on commentary Michael Cole relish this moment as we don't know how many more moments we're going to have like this from the Undertaker he fucking retired when he lost to Roman Reigns and he was like oh, I had a really shit match with Roman Reigns I want to come back and have another great match Rusev <laughs> greatest Royal Rumble oh, yeah um, teaming with Kane against Sean and Triple H oh, so bad jesus and now this now this just the only thing you can do now taker is do the right thing let bray white kill you yeah it's probably the best thing to do let bray white kill you and that's it i'm gonna be honest that's let's put taker in the hall of fame to call it a day eh well rock's going in this year okay so it can't be taken well that's my guess yeah yeah. Yeah. and then when they do the next texas mania that will be when taker goes in yeah let's do let's do dallas yeah. The, the giant hundred seat seat stadium in Dallas. Let's do that. Yep. And then let's take her in the Hall of Fame. Call it a day. You know, yep. if we're gonna do anything, five minutes squash him and Sean. That's the only thing that can finish this. Him and Sean are the only two that can rescue it. Yeah. And I think it would be shit because they're both well beyond it. 
I think Sean would still be able to go just... Because they're just that good. They could work around their frailties and such. You know what yeah, I mean? someone who f- you're familiar with and someone you respect. I don't know. I assume that you know they've got motorbikes in common, but I can't imagine Taker and Goldberg are a bit like, oh, yeah, you're doing some MMA training. What are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm really old and my body's destroyed, so I'm just yeah. going to sit home with my wife and kids. I mean, if Goldberg has any sense, he would have come to, into this match going, right, what are we going to do, sir? You know what yeah. I mean? And done. Thank you, sir. Yes, please, sir. Um, it doesn't uh, followed seem like by it. how many zeros are on your check <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly hang on did you hear uh, that Brock's got his own private jet <laughs> and we've got to fly with fucking Gallows and Anderson <laughs> and Mojo Rawley <laughs> it's give Undertaker a 24-7 uh, title <laughs> the whole thing is just depressing at this point you know? this summed up WWE as a whole on this show bad ethics of oh, the whole show okay terrible yeah. booking yeah stars who should well, wrestlers who should not be wrestling on this card anymore. Terrible commentary. Fantastic production. No stories. Shithouse show. Uninterested. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I wrote down was just this is the mo- one of the most boring shows I've ever watched in my life. Like There was times I was trying to get myself up to enjoy it and just couldn't. There was nothing to latch on to. Yeah, this was bullshit. And it's meant to be this... I mean, there was advocates. It's meant to be this spectacular the it's it's not really it's not really um canon you no. know it's like a separate thing almost yeah this is like wwe light but when you see the fans faces at the end of the match it's brilliant <laughs> the end of that match was terrible oh sorry yeah and then Mans- <laughs> uh, when Man- um mcmansor yeah, uh, yeah. went over that was amazing that was the best part of the show but when you see taker and goldberg come out and they get huge pops you know, like when that dong happens, the yeah. whole goes, like it's massive. And they get in and they start out and the crowd are really hot for them. And then the crowd start to realize that they're not the people they once were. And you can yeah. see them kind of getting into the match and they fuck up the finish. And literally, I, this is only work for the video. People on the audio want to get this one. I'm throwing my hands up in the air. There's literally a fan at ringside that just goes, when the finish happens, yeah. like, that's it? Seriously? That's fucking it? And like that was upsetting to me. And that's the, that's again the problem with these these Saudi shows because as you said, they're not sold out. Greatest Royal Rumble looked busy, yeah, looked very busy, and they had a, they had a rumble to finish, which Braun went over in. Great. Next show they had DX versus Taker and Kane, mm. and again, shitty shoddy finish. Triple H got hurt. The fans are like, oh, really? Yeah. And now they've given them this for their main event. It's bullshit. How could you book? What the Saudi people of, or the Saudi, whoever has the influence over the, the booking of this show, how could you book someone that has like superstars in the main event, but is actually still good? I think with, by the sound of things, and obviously all the stuff you read online, that the Crown Prince wants this wrestler and this wrestler, and again, apparently requested despite being told he's dead, Yoko, yeah, to come to the show again. Yeah. And it's like, for all the time, again, it's like they used to do when they, do you remember when they did the Q80 Cup? Or do you, have you ever heard of the Q80 Cup? No. So WWE in the 80s went to Q8 for like three shows back to back. Right. And basically what happened... Are these like USO shows because of the wars at the time? Or no, no, this was just purely they wanted the uh, the wow. sports board there. Basically went, here's the money. We'll provide you the stadium. We'll market it. We'll do everything. Just bring your rings, bring your talent. Okay. And they did three days of the Q80 Cup. And that's those shows weren't great. Because, again, you've got someone else, an outside influence, saying, I want this in this show, I want this in this show. And again, for, from a WWE standpoint, I assume that's the similar thing to the Crown Prince. 
I'll give you $50 million. Come and do the show. I want these guys on the card. Yeah. And if they can't do them, then Babatunde gets the place in the Greatest Royal Rumble in place of Yoko. And also that um, sumo chap who was in there. Surely there's a space for like a Cena. Cena refused to go every time. Oh, he's just not doing it. He's refused to go okay. every time. Um, oh God, who's like a legendary like attitude era wrestlers that you could use in this event that can still go? It's like there's no one. There's no one left. God, that's it. And but this is the this is the problem we're now in with WWE. During the early 2000s, when people criticised the product because this case of oh, there's no good wrestlers, the in-ring stuff is shit. Their ratings were still good because some of their storytelling was all right. And it was lynched by people like Eddie and Cena and Kurt Angle and Edge. Fine. Yeah. You had your core people there and you built them up to be big stars. Because you know, have... what Rock and Austin would do in their matches was always fucking oh, oh, no, solid no, as no, well. This, but... this, this is pre, pre that. Okay. So, okay. so obviously that was the talent of the Estude era when everyone was like, this is the best peak of wrestling. Then when the Cena came through and you had everyone up from OBW, you see Brock, Cena, Orton, Batista, and everyone was like, oh, this is a bitch. <laughs> the white me babyface era. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a bit of shit, and it was the Triple H dominance as champion. Everyone's like, oh, this is dog shit. But the in ring quality was terrible, but at least they had some compelling stories. They had heels were heels face to face, and there was no 50 50 booking. Mm-hmm. Now they've got the best in ring talent they've ever had. Unfortunately, they can't tell stories. Some of them. Yeah. But the problem is, yeah. those who can tell stories are the ones who have probably already become jaded by yeah. being in the WWE machine. See, Bala Sombra. Yeah, exactly. Well, even if you look at someone like, um, I mean, think at the moment how creative Velveteen Dream is. Mm. Get him on the main roster and he's not allowed to have that control. He's going to lose interest because it's a case of I've created this character. WWE, as you've said now, there are no big stars who can sell out who are not mainstream. I mean, I said Cena would be the ideal choice because I think he could still go. But again human rights issues if he's not, not going to do it he's not going to do it is and he? same as but Dragon like, Dragon went to Greatest Royal Rumble because he was back wrestling and he was like I fucking want to wrestle anywhere I go yep. but they haven't created big enough stars to sell out on the global stage I remember even Jericho after he did his spot at the Saudi show whatever it was yeah he was um, on his podcast talking about how like it was terrible, how the organization was terrible. They were surrounded by fans at the airport they couldn't get away from and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, So there's obviously real problems logistically with that, and that's why I don't think he would ever come back and obviously the AEW New Japan stuff, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But um, this, this brings a bigger problem. If this is their big financial crux they're going to keep using to kind of keep the company afloat while other stuff's not doing so great, let's be yeah. totally honest about it. Um. If this doesn't continue, what happens? Like, surely this is not something to bank on. Almost no. I mean, they've signed a ten-year deal. Okay. So they're going to be doing two shows. I mean, what does a deal mean, really? Well, you know, let's see what happens with the Fox deal. But you know, they've yeah. got. I assume they've all got buyout cl- contracts or get-out clauses after a set period of time. This is the era where, like, Conor McGregor renegotiates his contract after every fight, and he signs like a three-fight contract every time. Yeah. You know, if you've got the momentum behind you, you can you can not turn up if you want to. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but this is the thing we've got now. They're, I think they're going to be in trouble. Uh, and we, we've said before that they're going to be in trouble. But this is, I think, their dot com. Yeah. They're swelling it. They're getting as much money out of it. You're seeing Vince and Stephanie and Triple H and, and Linda McMahon and Shane all sell their shares on a regular basis. All the shareholder meetings, they're, they're cashing out. Mm. And that's because they know they say oh that and they do like shareholders initiatives to try and get more investment in the company so people can buy a piece of the stock yeah good business practices but 
if you've got your main majority shareholder continually cashing out, and yes, he's doing the XFL, that's fine. Why are Stephanie and Paul Levesque taking out all this money? Yeah. It's because take it while you can. Now, I'm not saying that if WWE shuts doors tomorrow that, oh no, Triple H will be on the breadline having to work the indies, because he won't. They've got more money than cents, and that's fine. But from a product standpoint and a TV viewership, either they're making the product so shit before they go onto Fox that when they go onto Fox, they're going to go, right, from October, this is what we're doing. And we're going to book this all the way to Mania. We just need to get for the next four months. Just get SummerSlam. That will sell because it's SummerSlam now. Mm. We'll do our access. That'll be good. Get past Survivor Series and fucking push on on Fox. If they're doing that, stupid, because they're going to lose a lot of fans before they go onto Fox. But I think they're banking on Fox bringing them more eyes. I think they're going to be surprised. They're going to be dropped. <clears throat> Maybe, man. That would be... So, so we th- I was thinking about, like, you know, I'm watching this show going, like, you know, you see a, a drug addict or an alcoholic, whatever. They have to reach watch rock bottom a lot of the time to get that kick up the arse to sort that shit out. You know? Yeah. Is this that moment for them? Yeah. Well, I think the first... Give it six months on TNT... And when they start having comparable ratings or even higher ratings than WWE... Or AEW. Yeah. Yeah. That's when fight or flight mode will kick in. Mm. But as we've... I don't know if you listened to uh, John Moxley podcast. I did, Jericho. yeah. It's good shit. Yeah, really interesting from the creative process. And that's... Well, no, but as in like the creative process. And that's, that's the point that I think is failing. You've got yeah. people who can tell stories. You've got talent in there. You've just unfortunately got people who can come in at the last minute, too many yes men going, oh yeah, that's a great idea, Vince, rather than turning around going, Vince, you're a fucking idiot. You don't even remember what Brock's name is. Yeah. Start booking Brock. Start booking your good wrestlers. Start treating your wrestlers with a bit more respect because, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's something potentially bad. And even if they don't go to AEW, the indie wrestling scene for the time being, people can earn a fuck, lo- t- fuck ton of money. Yeah, yeah, you see and like Joey Ryan, David Starr, and people not wanting to go to these bigger companies right now because they don't need to. Yeah, they can There's name lots their of price. money out there, you know. Yeah, but for all that to happen, we need AWWE to be strong. Like, oh yeah, as much as we're criticizing this show, it's for their own benefit almost. You know what I mean? Is that they need a kick up the ass. Yeah, they need something to change. Like, this is not good enough. And I know this is the common wrestling fan point, but they think the product will change when Vince McMahon steps away or passes away, mm. which will be the worst thing. And guarantee you going to be the highest rated raw after he goes yeah yeah it'd be a sad day it'd be awful it'll be, but it'll be good for the product awful. yeah i'd prefer him retire or Maraxi make a huge success out the xfl yeah that'd be nice and then that. we'll have our wrestlemania <laughs> main event xfl player one versus xfl player two as vince russo says it's all a work man <laughs> it's all wwe <laughs> <laughs> I've come to conclusion anyone who just says bro is a cunt fucking A bro so <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for watching this week listening whatever we are live on YouTube uh, are we going to be live next week I was thinking about this I think we should just keep doing it live it saves me having to edit it if we're not on live at 5 every week it doesn't really matter does we're it? live around 5 yeah around 5ish every week on a Wednesday uh, com is where you can find all our shit for links to YouTube and all that sort of stuff uh, if you enjoyed this please subscribe get your friends to subscribe we've got like a really nice solid viewer base but it'd be nice to expand it a little bit yeah I so think so a bit of a mission to try and achieve this so yeah like maybe recommend us to a friend leave us a review that sort of thing you know yeah I you leave know we love what we do. Leave a comment, leave a review, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you consume this, YouTube. Sure. Uh, YouTube, your streaming still sucks. 
yeah it's, it's not great if you really want to help us out go buy one of these t-shirts from amazon amazon.com or amazon.co.uk uh, they're only 15 quid or 20 dollars just for the price uh, the exchange rate or whatever uh, that would really help us out it'd be really nice to get some new microphones and stuff so yeah that'd be really fucking lovely thank you very much because unsurprisingly independent pro wrestling now i'm back in the ring doesn't still pay me to do <laughs> get these <laughs> microphones you can find me at fanboy rich on instagram and twitter you can find me on facebook twitter and instagram at the tex williams there you go you got to facebook now I, felt- I think I liked it, didn't I? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah cool. That's all right. <laughs> Don't worry. But yeah, now you're back in the ring and stuff. You know, you can book a little tax over here. Like, it'd be great. <laughs> book me on a limited schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, next week, we're going to be doing the NWA's Crockett Cup, which I'm really looking forward oh, to. I can't wait. It's going to be the one from this year, isn't it? It's 2019. Yeah. Headlined by Nick Aldis and Mighty Skull for the original world title the world's heavyweight title i think yeah. we'll find it <laughs> i'm just pedantic about that a little bit but yeah i'm actually looking forward to doing a show where we don't really know anyone on the fucking card and but it seems like quite a big event and stuff i remember I think being so. talked about a lot so i'm really looking yeah. forward to doing that uh, nwa billy corgan i wish i had some smashing pumpkins lined up now but I'll probably get copyright hit for it so despite my rage i'm still just a rat in a cage goodbye everybody